Welcome back. Sorry about that little brief delay. We shall be commissioning Act 2 shortly, where you'll be able to listen to all the interviews that you haven't already heard. Thank you for coming back. Now, on with the show. Now we're with Richard Sandling from Richard Sandling's Perfect Movie. Hello! Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, surprisingly, given that it's madness. I'm doing very well. Madness, what a perfect way of putting it yeah it's just weird horrible experience time right yeah i mean i'm actually sort of i'm quite lucky in that i've sort of been training for this my entire life by never really leaving the house or having anything (laughs) to do so if anything i've been like this my origin story is finally paid off the film blast from the past was based on your life wasn't it yeah pretty much (laughs) except it was (laughs) self-enforced You are both Christopher Walken and Brendan Fraser. Like if they can put I'd the like two to of them together. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says on all my dating apps. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so are you looking forward to Hamilton coming out? Uh, obviously, like everyone, I am uh, completely aware of exactly what Hamilton is. Sure. And uh, have listened to all the songs and I'm excited. How many songs? Hey. Uh, how many songs? Let's, let's oh, get a, a definitive number that you definitely know. There's, I mean, there's easily 12, isn't there? There's easily 12. Yeah. 12 songs in Hamilton. Uh, if we don't take into account the, uh, you know, the incidental music where the late motifs sort of meander throughout the piece, you know. Of course. 12, I would say. That's, I mean, that's a, a good exact number. <laughs> <laughs> there are no decimal places. It's not even a fraction. No, no. Well, I, you know, I thought with, with music, it's hard to have fractions in music. Hard, but not impossible. I mean, time signatures are kind of fractionable. Yeah, yeah. Got the beats, beats per minute, but yeah. So, have you, um, have you only listened to the album? Have you seen the show at all in any capacity? Or, I mean. I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I have never, never seen the show or heard the music or anything about it. Hamilton is just something that people <laughs> talk about. I don't know anything about it. I mean, obviously, I'm excited to see it, uh, the movie, because musicals are my favourite thing. Uh... <laughs> so have you, have you been, surely this must mean you've been actively avoiding Hamilton. I mean, it... well, I've not been actively avoiding it. It's just you know, <laughs> when you, uh, it, Hamilton is merely a positive aspect of modern life. That is one of the like. If you you know people go like, how do you not know this or how do you not know about that? You can be quite engaged and uh, still sort of have no idea what something is. I mean, I know what it is, but I've not seen it. I know enough people talk about it, uh, and it's supposed to be very good. I'm like, I'm I'm a hundred percent behind it. I'm all for it. Sounds like a great thing. Everyone seems to love it. Uh, people who don't like musicals, like they take their kids to it to get their kids into, and their kids are into it, and also they listen to the music on the soundtrack before they see the show. So people really like mm. the soundtrack album. So I'm like, you know, it's like, it sounds like a really good thing, but I can't say people would have explained it to me. I've been that, that sort of excited about seeing it. I suppose if the pity thing was, I don't really like to pay the money it costs to go to the theater to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so even if it's re- oh, it's really good, it might be, but it's still 130 pounds more than I can spend on a musical. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, what's your limit? I do have my limits. Like if it, you know, any any more than any more than a tenner, I want like I want the cast to come out of the come down from the <laughs> stage and like feed me by hand for the privilege of me being there. Like anything more than a tenner, you're basically taking the piss. If you go see cats live, they come out. 
It came out into the into the audience. Yeah, I want it in like the, I want all the cast to be like sort of like valets for me, just to kind of make sure I'm comfortable. They finish the number, I applaud. They look at me, and I nod, and they go, "Great, we can move on because we made him happy." Was it, you know? was it once when you're halfway through in the intermission, the uh, central pub becomes a pub you can just go to on stage? Yeah, 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 like exactly. That. That's what I want. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I do enjoy. I mean, I, I have. I mean, I have. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I have liked musicals, mm. um, but I'm very lucky that people I know are offered in musicals, which means I can get free or cheap tickets or go on press night when it's cheaper. Unfortunately, I am do just simply do not have the funds to embrace musical theatre as a live uh, live event. But uh, I have enjoyed the live experience when I have gone uh, to see musicals. What What are some of your favourites? Uh, well, I saw um, I saw a touring a touring version of uh, the producers, oh. uh, which was put on specifically to tour. So it wasn't like the West End show. Then it tra- they actually put one on to do the theatres, yeah. and it was great because he had uh, had um, had Corey English in it, who was great. Uh, it was a sort of very good song and dance performer. Uh, has a sort of physicality that you wouldn't think uh, if you were, you know, that the, the, would be able to suddenly do like incredible ballet. Like, but he's like fantastic. Sure. And Jason Manford was in it, and uh, Jupiter was in it, and there were lots of other people. I think you know, like, um, yeah, just like really. But it was one of those to be watching a musical, and it was watching a thing that was great performed by people who do this for a living and i realized my main in my main sort of thing of telly is watching people who can't really sing learning to sing or people who can't dance learning to dance in a competition <laughs> yeah and then i watched a thing made by people who actually do it for a living you go why don't we just have shows where people who dance who can dance do <laughs> dancing because this is amazing and if this was like if strictly come dancing was people who can dance trying to show off who's the best dancer i'd probably watch that because that would be real dancers dancing, which is amazing. Apparently, competence isn't compelling. <laughs> hey, competence just isn't compelling television. It turns out for I most know. people. But it was a bit, it and I also before that I saw a show called um, another Phil Jeep just one, but it was You're in Town, oh, which yeah. was oh, yeah. you know, great. Which was great. Like, and didn't know anything about it. I think it was a sort of Jamie Lloyd revival. I saw that, and that was like. Amazing. That was one of those shows where I didn't know anything about it. I thought, go and see it because it, you know, support my friends. Sure. Went to see it. Uh, and it was just like every 10 minutes, it sort of upped its game. But it didn't have to because it was already brilliant. But it still upped its game every 10 minutes. And again, it was those things where you watch this going, this is amazing. Like, actually seeing people do some singing and dancing was fantastic. So I understand like, who would want to see Hamilton. But until I know someone who's in it and they can get me, you know, 15 pounds, <laughs> it's unlikely I'll ever go and see it. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> have you started I'm, I'm getting sure. your feelers out there for them you've been finding I mean, out who's no, in the cast I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's other more there's more rewarding I'm sure they've I mean, you know I'm sure most people who are in it have got better things to do than to give me essentially a freebie because <laughs> like there's far more deserving people than me when I would just go oh yeah I don't mind I'll watch Hamilton I'm not fussed probably not right. <laughs> blag a freebie you know I'll support your little show mate I'll go and see it I'm curious um with uh, you said you saw the producers with Jason Manford. Did he sing in it? Yes, yeah, yeah, he's great. How's, how's his singing voice? He was doing a show before lockdown, wasn't it? Before, like, 
I can't remember what, what it was, but I'm sure he was like doing some sort of stage performance. I don't know if that was a musical itself, but yeah, no, but he well, he can like he can sort of sing and he has like a he has got a song and dance. I don't know, not a dance because I think he had to learn the dance. I mean, I don't want to speak like as if I'm a knowledge about this, but I think he, he's really good at singing. Like he has got like an opera singer's voice. Oh, and so right. he wow. learned to dance. But I think, yes, yeah, so he did a thing, I think it was a musical called Curtains he was in, which was like a that sort of it, yeah. mystery thing. I think he was in that. But yeah, he's done lots of things. He was in Young Frankenstein for a bit. Like, the, he's like really good. Like, you know, unsurprised, like, not unsurprised, but, you know, you wouldn't think he's actually got that in him, but he has, and he's really good at it. So Yeah, because all I've seen of him was, um, you know, his comedy stuff of not... But yeah, I've, I've, I keep seeing his name pop up every now and then with theatre stuff, and I often feel yeah. I wonder what his singing voice is like. Yeah, it's good, and also like, especially in the producers, it's um, there is a there is there is that there is that mix of singing, singing, but also kind of character narration-y type singing, which I like when it's done like that. I don't like the sort of Andrew Lloyd Webber faux opera where everyone's just sort of tunelessly singing dialogue at each other <laughs> and giving way I am here you're going to the shops let's get some cheese I'd like some pee and you're like oh just like speak it mate speak it <laughs> either, either you know up your game and make this a song or speak it don't waste my time with all this middling crap yeah, See, yeah. That, that's the kind of musical I love like the, the Android <laughs> music the Android Weber like where it's constant singing no matter what you're saying I, I kind of that to me is pure musical. It's like yeah. Jesus Christ Superstar, Phantom of the Opera, and stuff. But you don't That's have fine. any love for those. You're allowed to like that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, but you are allowed. Yeah. This, this is this is not this is not one of those internet things where you know you should feel 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 embarrassed to to voice an opinion about something you I like. Feel like I'm going to get cancelled. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't I don't imagine that saying you like Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals for the continual singing is something that's that's worthy of being cancelled over. <laughs> I think there's other things. There's other things you need to be, you know, that you get cancelled for other things. <laughs> what about um movie musicals? Uh what are some of your favorites? Well, I've always been a fan. I mean, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I do like well, I mean, there's musicals. I mean, I'm a big fan of films with songs in them, like the Blues Brothers, oh, yeah, which right. I don't know if that technically counts as a musical, because I do like that, but I don't know if that really counts as a musical. Sure. Uh, obviously, I do like the... I mean, I do like... I like the I do like the classical ones, not the classical ones, but the classic era ones, like Singing in the Rain and On the Town, those sorts of ones. I'm a big, big fan of My Fair Lady. Really like yeah, My right. Fair Lady. Um, and I do like the sort of... the South Parky ones. I mean, I haven't seen... Um, I haven't seen Book of Mormon because can't afford to, but yeah. I do like I do like all their theatre. I do like their TV uh, and film musical stuff. Yeah. So, and Little Shop of Horrors, obviously, because I'm yeah. you know a psychopath. <laughs> do you have a history with musicals? I mean, you are a performer. You are you, know, you do stand up. You perform plays, haven't you? Oh, well, this is the weird thing is because I mainly do I mainly do. Um, it was comedy, so I never had to do any singing, and I've never, I've never trained, never trained, darling. You can't, you know, you raw talent, natural, raw yeah, talent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, learned on the job. Uh, you can't teach what I've got, so <laughs> you train uh, You can catch it, but uh, so I never. I mean, that sort of school, you do like school plays and things, but generally speaking, all my, I don't even really actually do that much theatre. I do some like site-specific stuff and. Um, 
like character stuff, but like actual players don't do that many plays. And only comparatively recently has anybody been thinking of seeing me for musicals. So I've had, an, I've had auditions for lots of music. I've nearly been in some musicals, but uh, <laughs> I haven't uh, made it. So actually singing and dancing isn't really something I ever have any real like performance history with. But I would like to. I'd like to sort of have a little dance about and sing and, you know, have me one glorious moment. What musicals have you auditioned for? Which which cat were you going to play? <laughs> well, obviously, like you know, lots of panto and things like that, uh, which I never, never sort of quite, uh, quite get into. Which I think there was an actual musical revival that I. No, usually what it is is they turn up and they go, uh, you go for an audition. They go, we want to see you. Can you bring, uh, bring some like bring some sheet music and bring like a song? And I'm like. I can't, don't have it. I don't, I can't, can't rehearse it. Can't practice. You know, like I literally have no way of doing that. So right. I just essentially just went online and found like four things I thought I could sing. Then whichever one I could get the sheet music to, I printed that off and then take that along and then practice it on karaoke three times before I go in and then <laughs> sing it, like give it, give it, go full, you know, don't hold back. Uh, I usually, usually audition with to dream the impossible dream. Yeah. Uh, for a man of La Mancha, but as I like to think of it from the Cartman Unstoppable Sex Machine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I know that one. Would you, would you be able to Christmas give us a couple of bars? Yeah. <laughs> they go, can you come in and sing this? They go, okay, and then I sing that, and then everyone, you know, you just sing that a cappella, well, with a, or with a, like, a slight piano accompaniment, and then you just hope that they like it. I go, just sing that, you know, and they go, thank you very much, and then you leave, and then you don't get it. <laughs> They're too connected to it being part of the Honda advert from many, many decades ago at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, pick a song from musical. Well, I, I can't, don't really know anything about musicals. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, sometimes if I, if I can, I, I sometimes do, uh, I'll sometimes throw in with a little bit of luck from My Fair Lady because I can Alfie Doolittle, uh, Alfie Doolittle it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anything that involves me being able to lean into my Essex Cockney accent and <laughs> largely perform rather than actually sing i'll usually choose anything like that <laughs> god is there you, you, could you write a musical just so you could get the leading role like that not have to work your... i mean i could it seems like an awful lot of work you know sure for uh massive self-indulgence i mean i'm not saying i won't i'm just saying i think there's <laughs> other less convoluted self-indulgent things i could do to uh <laughs> get myself popular <laughs> Oh, I'm a bit sad now. I was hoping you would uh, storm the Westcliff Pavilion with your brand. I know. Well, I could do. do the, yeah, I mean, I suppose. I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because, I mean, I suppose I've got plenty of time because there'll, yeah. be, you know, there'll be no theatres left. By the time they can open the theatres, they'll all have been shut down and got into liquidation. So <laughs> you have to do it's, a largely, it's largely a moot point. <laughs> 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 this is the death now anyway. Why not just uh, dig its grave for it? It is. I mean, it is. It is. I just, yeah, I'm just going to, I'll, I'll bring, it'll be like new musical theatre. Yeah, you're musical in a competition. Theater, will be the people don't understand time. it. <laughs> <laughs> For audiences who never watched it. That's the way to bring, that's the way to bring audiences back to the dead West End. Oh, I, I guess that was something we watched. Is that good? I, t I can't tell, but we watched it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it happened. We let it happen. Three stars. It happened. Time out. Yeah. Just from the pure admin of putting on a show, I have to give this four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it couldn't even get half marks. That's, that's <laughs> brutal. So, so with this being released onto Disney Plus and like streaming has been so prevalent uh, during lockdown, 
have you been what have you been uh, doing to keep yourself busy like have you, have you been straight? watching anything well i've been uh, yeah i mean i've been rewatching a lot of things just because it's sort of easier i decided to rewatch some uh, some stuff i've been watching what have i been watching i've been sort of because i'm quite uh, into my uh, uh, avant-garde experimental cinema so i've lo- i sort of run an experimental short film well, i did before you know everything got shut Everything shut down because you were running. On Everything the got shut down because the man, the man, couldn't <laughs> handle the uh, the truth that was being shared to seventeen people at my avant-garde film night in Bessembury. Uh, so I've been watching that. I've been doing just basically did watching like a trying to catch up with a lot of movies that I like, rewatching some films I like. Yeah. Uh, but again, mainly like for trying to get a lot of experimental art films and mainly getting more into that because I like that. There's no, there's, unfortunately, there's not very much of that on the free streaming service, or say free streaming, you know, once you've paid for it. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, there are quite a lot of it on the Amazon channels that you then have to pay for, even though you've already paid for fucking Amazon. Uh, <laughs> subscribe to Amazon, brilliant. Now you can subscribe to this, but I've already subscribed to Amazon. Ah, no, but you don't get these. Well, then what's the fucking point? Uh, <laughs> largely my, how I feel about it. It's like, I'm paying for Amazon. Don't make me pay again. This is bullshit. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I understand the business model. People need it, so it but it's it's infuriating. Uh, so yeah, so I do watch that. But they have some quite nice um, sort of. They have some sort of uh, Fellini stuff on there and things like that. And also, there's some, you know, there's a lot of American independent movies, which are sort of, you know, touch and go whether they're any good or not. But I like to try and watch something that someone's made and essentially themselves and then put it up themselves and just see whether it's any good or not because right. these are largely the films i make and i mean so i want to know and i know the things i'm in a competition good. yeah but also i know the things i'm in are good so i want to know what it's like i want to support these other movies because just because it's got like three out of ten on mdb doesn't actually mean it's a three out of ten movie it just means that people are judging it they're judging it as if they're judging it against like a Marvel movie or the lighthouse yeah. you know they're just it's a Hollywood movie and it needs and they're judging it on those standards rather than Take the lighthouse a hollywood movie and, <laughs> you know does this work they don't do that so they can't see that it's fun or not so yeah i'll give those things a go so i've seen some quite interesting stuff but i've also not watched a lot of stuff but i've uh, you know over the last few years i've definitely been a no and then moved on to something else so yeah there's this been, there, i've i've been doing that and i've noticed a couple other people certainly have been trending in this sense of you get 20 25 minutes in it's like well clearly the first act doesn't working why bother continuing you haven't kept us going yeah but also when you do like the short film night i know it's short films over long films yeah but when you watch like loads and loads and loads and i had to watch like 900 films in one go in like a week Jeez. for my oh short my film God. night yeah experimental films as well so you know <laughs> Uh, not, not, not. Well, actually, quite a lot of them were linear narrative because nobody reads the brief when they submit to film festivals. They go, "Oh, you just send my film anyway on the off chance it's good enough." Don't do that. Right. It infuriates people who do it, and they put your name on a list to make sure they never put your film in their festival ever again. So don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Fulfill the fulfill the brief, or don't waste everyone's time. That would be my advice to anyone making a film. Don't waste everyone's time because uh, you infuriate the people who run the festival. Uh, but you get a real good sense within like ten seconds whether the film's going to be any good or not because you go, oh no. Like I can tell from like font. I know it sounds like harsh, but I can do that. Now. I can like the if the first shot isn't good, I go, this is terrible, and I immediately and, I, and I'm I'm usually and I would say I'm ninety five percent correct. 
because of how much I've seen. So I watch these movies and I'll give anything a go, but yeah. I can tell I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to have to really up its game because the way it's just started and the credits and the music, I can tell this is a terrible film. Have you ever seen a film with credits written in uh, Comic Sans? Uh, I don't know. I think I might have done, but I don't know recently <laughs> if I have. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not against it because that's that's obviously a choice. Do you know what I mean? Like there's certain <laughs> things. Which, uh, it's not like I have fonts that you shouldn't have <laughs> in credits. You can just tell because the combination of font, color, and music. Yeah. The fact that you've even got credits, like you know, don't waste my time. Like, I don't unless, want to be, the, unless the story is about credits. Unless the story is about credits. Ninety, you know, I don't want to be. I ninety minute, ninety seconds in, I'm bored. I haven't even started the movie yet. <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously, technically, the film starts when the credits start because that is the first thing you see on screen, so the credits are part of the movie. But also, like, start the movie. I don't care. I don't care who the DP is. Tell, tell me at the end how nice the film is. I don't care. Yeah. I, I say put the credits in uh, Wingdings. Make it, a, make it a struggle for people. Yeah. If you care enough about it, you'll find and crack the code. Exactly. Oh, no, but like, I just think you start it, so I'm, in, I'm immediately invested. Like, don't give me any reason to turn off. That's the thing yeah. I always feel. And a lot of films uh, do that. They don't, you know. But, yeah. So, I mean, I try to be supportive. It sounds like I'm not being supportive, but I am trying to be supportive. It's just there's, <laughs> lots of, there's lots of obstacles to enjoying your film. Usually the biggest obstacle is that people don't actually understand what slow burn means, and they just have nothing happen <laughs> for hours, and then you just go, you don't understand, it's moody and it's, it's pace. No, it isn't. It's just boring because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, that's not the same thing. Not doing something doesn't make it moody and, you know, People yeah, having arguments is drama. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, since you're a fan of avant-garde, what yes. avant-garde films would you recommend for someone like me who is terrified of avant-garde? Ah, well, I mean, it depends. If you I mean, obviously, there's quite a lot. I mean, you probably have watched quite a lot of avant-garde movies as a sort of gateway because there's quite a lot of mainstream films have elements of that. Mm. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, or like some films are just sort of off kilter. I mean, avant-garde essentially, you know, dictionary term is just not is essentially not of the norm. So, whatever the norm is, whatever is not that is technically avant-garde. But I, I'm assuming, you know, I'm just I'm only correcting what people what the internet will be dickheads about if I <laughs> talk about it. Actually, technically, that. So, I'm just trying to answer their questions uh, in my answer to you <laughs> to save. Uh, yeah, just a bother. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some. I mean, I I would say one of my. I mean, it, it, there's there's films I think are just really really good that are not too bewildering or wacky. A lot of like the Czechoslovakian new wave stuff is very good. Right. Uh, I like the sort of the Eastern European sort of new wave stuff. I would recommend is very good. A film I particularly like because I genuinely think it's a masterpiece is a film called The Cremator, right. which is a Czechoslovakian film. Uh, and it's very, very, it's basically a film that when you're watching it, it actually is a slow burn and you don't really understand. Because I remember, I remember it was on a list that came up of um, like shocking films, do you know? And you sort of go, mm. it's rated 12A and it's black and white and it's oh. like the, the 1959 or something. How can it be shocking? You know, how yeah. can it be like up there with like Driller Killer and stuff like that? So then I watched it and then it just sort of ended. And I just remember like sort of being a bit shell-shocked when it finished like but not really sure why because it had genuinely slow burned and slow built and moved to a finale it's basically just about this guy who's uh runs the mortuary 
and the Nazis take over and how he just sort of has to work out whether he should or shouldn't be a Nazi, but out of like social manners, because it's what all the sort of middle class people are doing is they're all becoming Nazis because it's just a way of like being part of the in crowd rather than any racism, which makes it weirdly more disturbing. When you said about um, <laughs> the social norms of being a Nazi, I did think, because I told Andrew this myself as well. Um, but you had that problem. To, I, I used to think that Hello in German was Heil Hitler, because that's what everyone said at the beginning of the conversations in German movies, in World oh, War II no. movies. <laughs> <laughs> Which made your year abroad very awkward. <laughs> I mean, just imagine if I'd made it over there still with that belief. I mean, you're doing it now, aren't you? That's what you're going to do next year when lockdown comes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I work at a hotel, so any German guests that come in. <laughs> oh, don't mention the war. Oh, we can't say that. That's important. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> but um, no, that does sound quite interesting, and um, it, it sounds less scary than I thought it would be. So I, yeah, I, might, I might give it a watch, yeah. What, what kind of streaming services are there for, like, what, what ones... Like, because you said you, there's a few on Amazon and stuff, but what ones kind of are, are the best for uh, for uh, experimental stuff? Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose it's mostly Amazon, just because they put people have like there's a few films on there, but also there's channels will up. You know, you can like the BFI has a channel on there, an Arrow Video, yeah. which you know, oh, sort of, so you basically could watch. You could subscribe to all of those. There's other channels as well, but you can subscribe to those channels through your Amazon account. But you get a mm. few things on Amazon, like. There's quite, as I say, there's a few sort of Fellini movies and some stuff like that. There's a, you know, there's a few like Werner Herzogy type things on there, you know, so you can watch some, you know, there is some stuff on there if you can find it, but it's, you know, the algorithm does not make it easy to find anything you want. So. Yeah. But don't worry, because if you want to watch Jack Ryan, they've got you sorted. Well, if you want to watch people who possibly were sort of a bit famous in the mid-90s play cops or secret agents who are now retired and or have wives or children they need to protect or save or <laughs> like get back whilst also taking down Mexican or Russian gangsters, uh, you're fine. But uh, <laughs> if you just want, you know, a bit of art, you're quite limited. Cinema. <laughs> now that I've got your attention, would you be coming back? Now they're opening up again. Are you ready? Well, I mean, yes, but I don't know. The thing is, like, I'm not, again, I just can't afford to go to the cinema as much as I'd like to, because where I am, they don't really have a sort of value pack deal thing going on. Yeah. Uh, They've just started doing one now in Basel. They had to, so I've got to do that. But um, I do like, it's four quid to go to the Canvey one, the Canvey movie star cinema, which I'm a big fan of. Right. but yeah, I mean, I probably, I mean, obviously, we will go back to the cinema because there's a lot of films you need to see on the big screen. But uh, I just don't know if when they open, it'll actually be right to go back. I'm very reticent uh, to trust the judgment of other people not to be disease-carrying, you know, <laughs> scumbags. Sure, <laughs> but you've been to a film festival before, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'd be honest with you. Social distancing rules in place in a cinema is kind of my dream situation to be going to the cinema where people can't be within six feet of me it would be yeah. like the perfect thing like that's all i really want from a cinema is nobody else in there basically i want to want to watch want to watch it in my lounge on a bigger screen that's really all i want to do <laughs> with curtains drawn properly yeah yeah so i mean obviously i will go back but i'm slightly i can't imagine i'll be in a rush unfortunately for well, all the films just i just don't know i've really take being on lockdown i've really taken to being indoors mm. uh 
I really like not going out and doing anything. The lack of so pressure. Even, yeah, I mean, I've gone shopping. Other than going shopping, I haven't been anywhere. Well, I just go right. shopping when I have to. Uh, I've just been in. Not, I mean, I go for walks and that, but not really. <laughs> you say you, you tell people yeah. you've gone for walks. They don't, you know, freak out. So that's what I put that on my CV and under you know <laughs> things I did during lockdown. But we all know I didn't. Uh, so I mean, I will go to the cinema again. But I'm not in. If people are like desperate to go back to the cinema, but I'm not desperate to go back to the cinema. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid I'm uh, I'm going to wait till there's a vaccine before I do anything like that. My main concern is that because um, I always sit front row, middle seat in the cinema. And I'm thinking, if it's going to be like 50% capacity, more people are going to be wanting to sit on my row. And I don't <laughs> like that. Even if they're like a few seats away from me. Yeah. It's, it's slightly annoying. And Hobby will that front row be available? I mean, what will be, what will be my front row now? Like, it might be three rows back. I, you know, it... <laughs> <laughs> that's <is> minutia. <laughs> this well, is absolutely... Always... You know, I've always slightly struggled with the cinema in recent years because I'm not, you know, I'm not a well man. I have, uh, you know, you know, have, have needs and issues which need to be accounted for, and uh, you know, films are far too long for me to sit through in one go. Sure. Uh, mm. So I actually don't see that many films in the cinema <laughs> because I go, how long's that? Two and a half hours. Can't watch it. You know, I have to, I have to wait for it to be on. On, t- I have to wait for it to be on streaming so I can pause it and go to the loo and stuff like that. So mm. uh, going back to the cinema would be great if films were. 85 minutes, I'd go back, but when they're going back, Brothers films out 68 minutes, done exactly. Exactly, anything over 75, that's a feature. Do you know what I mean? But like (laughs) all the sort of two and a half hour movies, I kind of can't go if it's too long. I have to go, that's a bit long for me. I need to sort of so you know, I like going to the cinema, but unfortunately, there's so much working against me enjoying the experience that uh, I'm in no rush. But I want cinemas to open and do well, so. Uh, and, and for everyone to be safe. So I don't really know what the answer is. Fair enough. Well, thank you for joining us, Rich. Well, thank Good. you for having me. Great. I can't wait to see Hamilton. Big fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks so much. Farewell. We're here with Sarah Cook from Your Films Are Numbered podcast, a movie on weekend blog. Yes. Website, everything. What would you call it? Uh, Movies on weekend. uh, uh, Film site? Film site? Production and publication company? I don't know. Movies on weekend's film thing. Quality place where you can find writing and information. Yes. A place Nailed. where we write about films and make films too. That's our official tagline. There you go. Stick by what's official. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the official tagline for your Movies Are Numbered podcast? You've, you've got a really good one. <laughs> the Sinister Sounding TV. The Sinister Sounding podcast with a TV, children's TV show plot. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. The Sinister Sounding <laughs> podcast with the TV. Oh my God, I can't do it. <laughs> the Sinister Sounding podcast with the children's TV show plot. I'll say it ten times fast. It's a tongue twister you've already got. <laughs> oh now, how my many episodes, gosh. How many episodes are you in? How many times have you had to master this? I'm only... Oh, I've done it. I've recorded four or five. Okay. Five. But the, the, but it's easy to do it when you put the podcast voice on. The children's TV... The sinister sounding podcast, the children's TV show plot. I'm Sarah Cook. And joining oh. me today, you know, we need to do the voice. Okay. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try one of my old podcasts. 
you're listening to Yelling About Evan, an all-encompassing look at HBO's <laughs> TV show Entourage by Bros for Bros. They get almost nailed that one. Oh, That's been friend. what? When was Entourage a thing? Five five years. It's been five years. I can five still do because it's the same voice. When I used to work at the Disney store, I can do like this the the greeting I used to answer the phone to still. Okay. Right, ring 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 ring. Ready? Yeah. Ring. <laughs> Good afternoon, and thank you for talking to Disney Store Oxford Street. My name's Sarah. How can I help you today? Hello, right. it's me, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, Mickey. Um, <laughs> oh my! Oh my! Sorry. Oh boy! Oh shit! Golly, golly, gosh! I love the because it's the same voice as the Gingerbread Man, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what were the rails that we were ever meant to be on? They've, they've gone past. We, we, we've disappeared from everything planned. <laughs> we've never had rails on this podcast. <laughs> well, no, we did uh, Taking a Pelham. Oh, yeah. That was rail heavy. That was a number film as well. One, two, three. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Some you've good got... film titles. Five, my 123 minus five. Let me do this maths. You've got 118 podcasts left until then. Amazing. Yes. Because I don't think every number has a film. Like, I don't know if, like, there's... I was wondering that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's probably something. 33. There's a 33. There's, I'm sure there's a 33. Isn't there actually a film yeah. just called 33? I 31. Oh. That's Rob Zombie. Oh, well, I was thinking of like a... I feel like Vincent Cassell's in a film. That's something like that. Oh, Maybe I just think of Vincent Cassell being in films. In all films. Yeah, it's very enjoyable. He's got a nice face. That's a nice face. A nice little accent as well. Mm. So when, when, you get up to, when you get uh, up to number nine, are you going to have a nine? done ten films? Because you'll have had to do eight and a half between episode eight and, eight and nine. Sure. I would have done. I would have done eleven, and you're oh. right. I am doing well. Actually, twelve because I conf- got really confused and ha- hired two people for free. So I've got two <laughs> podcasts for free. Um, <laughs> I have zero as well. So we started with zero, uh-huh. zero theorem, and then it's zero, two frees, and then we've got eight and a half in between eight and nine. Jeez. <laughs> Okay, right. This is. I mean, are you going to do uh, Naked Gun thirty three and a third as a separate thing from anything with thirty three? <laughs> that would be amazing. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. It's like all the half films. Lion King one and a half. Let's go. Oh for my it. gosh, Simba's Pride. Yes. Simba's Pride. No, no, Simba's Pride. Oh, Simba's Pride number two. Sorry. One and a half. The two. That's the Rose and Crenson Gilderstein. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> See, the first film I think of when it comes to number films is the number 23, because I, I watched oh, that I on my 23rd birthday at midnight, because I was like, there's no other time, you know, this is perfect, I need to watch it as I turn 23. That, that's that was so how cool perfect. I was. Yeah, that's cool. What I was doing when I turned 23, I was listening to Jimmy World song 23 whilst lying <laughs> underneath the table thinking my life is over. Oh my gosh, what was I doing on my 23rd? I can't remember. Drunk. <laughs> Better, better. Oh my god! <laughs> I was definitely drunk somewhere in London. I mean, Twenty Four was harder for me because I had to watch an entire season of Twenty Four. 
took away my whole day. You know, what? I don't know if that's a bit or it's genuine with you. Oh, come on, it's genuine. I oh God. God. <laughs> oh gosh. Sarah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. What a perfect segue. I am the king. <laughs> and, and I shall sing my song and then you'll all perform a show for me. Oh, Speaking maybe. of singing songs. And kings. <laughs> and guns. And ships. <laughs> so what was so, your... Um, are, you, are you a big Hamilton fan? Am I a big Hamilton fan? Yes. Yeah, yeah I'm not like... A, like, I know it well enough. Like, I'm not one of these people that knows it word for word. But right. I'm definitely one right. of those people so that whenever someone goes shot, I'm like, I'm not going to give away my shot. You know, uh, one of those people. <laughs> um, or occasionally I'll just be like in my, my, with my little sister and I'll be like, I want to be in the room where it happens. You know, like, I will drop it in, but I don't know yeah. it like word for word. That is like the level I'm in. I've never seen it live. I just know it uh, okay. from listening to it a lot because I'm not made of money um, <laughs> and it's like like you, you either have to wait outside for a long time to watch it or you have to wait have a for lot Disney of Plus <laughs> wait for Disney Plus so it's yay right. it, so it, when did it, you first go on Andrew yeah I will, I will go on I will command <laughs> so when did you first hear of it then well I first hear about Hamilton yeah um that's a good question. Thank you. That's, That's why I was a really, <laughs> really good question. Um, I don't know whether it just fell onto the internet or because I knew of Lin-Manuel Miranda through um, Moana. Oh, and, okay. And, like, oh. followed him. And then possibly it just came... Like, I have a lot of friends who are obsessed with it and obsessed with musicals. And I'm obsessed with musicals anyway. So mm. I think it's just a natural thing where it's just all sort of there in my life. You know, and it's all over the news and everything. It was definitely before it won a bunch of Tonys. I knew about Hamilton. Okay, right. but in in a way, it was kind of your whole life was leading up to it since you were born. It was secretly there. It just you just didn't know what it was called until it, it appeared called. in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> it was there. It was there in my heart of hearts. You know, it's festering. I believe they call that. <laughs> just like Christopher Lloyd. Like Christopher Lloyd, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you have a favorite song? My favorite song is the room where it happens. The room where I it don't happens, know. Right? Yeah. yeah, it just it's so jaunty and jolly. It's very like. Have you ever imagined what it's going to look like on stage? That version. That version. What the the. The room where it happens when you when when you eventually end up going to see it, Disney Plus or otherwise. Do, do you have like wanna... a picture of what it's going to be? I think it's going to look like a room where it happens. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I realised that I, like, so what face going to happen, I realised that I turned to my nan at musicals where I mouth the words and slap my knee like an old person. <laughs> That's probably going to be me. And I'm going to, like, do, like, a little wiggle and watch it and probably get, like, really into it so much that people next to me hate me a little bit. <laughs> no one can hate you during Hamilton. No one can hate it's you a, during it's Hamilton. It's a love fest. Unless you're the king. Then you can hate. <laughs> they just hate you that they're not they're not um brave enough to join in. Not brave to join. But even then, like even if you're the king, you're still like the comic relief, so Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're integral. 
integral, yeah. Integral. Is that the term? Is that the pronunciation? Integral. 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 No, integral. 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 Now I'm just going to go down. No, you know what? I'm not going to stop. It's a bad bit. <laughs> Someone do a sweep edit real quick. <laughs> I am sort of disappointed that it's not coming to cinemas. Do you think it will it will reach cinemas eventually? Like once all this is over, will there still be an opportunity? Do you think will there still be cinemas? <laughs> I think I think it would. I think um, if you can count people like Cineworld and View Out because they're because it's going to VOD, they probably wouldn't. But I think somewhere like the Prince Charles or Genesis Cinema yeah. or like. Curzon might like see if they can apply the rights, yeah. put it on the big screen. But because it went to VOD, I think cinemas would be like, no, I don't <laughs> want it. Well, they're all French, are they? They're all French. I don't know why. They're like, no, it's spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> it's a ruined. It's a ruined film for me now. Uh, let them eat Mulan. <laughs> let them eat Mulan. Yeah. <laughs> We will have tenets, but you can have your stinky <laughs> Hamilton live. Um, I really apologise for any French people who are listening in, and I've just had the worst impression. We'll pepper in some of the other guests' impressions later on, so it won't seem so bad. <laughs> like a sliding scale of terrible French sliding I do. I think. I think mainstream cinemas will avoid it. I, but I think it is such a good market to put it on live. So much mm. big mm. stuff has made money for cinemas. Yeah. Um, like Fleabag and like yeah. you know, um, Cyrano de Bergerac and all that. That and the Andrew Scott, the most recent Andrew Scott one that he did, they make money and people have been really invested in the live stuff online at home. So it'd be foolish for cinemas not to invest in putting Hamilton on the screen because. So many people are dying to see it at a cheaper price. And want to be together to see it it's, as oh, an experience yeah. still. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is, for some people, the only chance that people get to watch this kind of thing. Yeah. So, I don't know, they'd be foolish, but I know some people are going to spit their dummies out over it. <laughs> wow. So while you've been in lockdown, uh, before Hamilton comes out, what have you been uh, spending your time with, uh, film and TV-wise? Uh, I've watched a lot. Um, most specifically, I've been on a pre-code Hollywood adventure. Okay. Um, so uh, 1930s to 1935 movies mm. before they got really strict on what they can show. And it's just really fascinating to see what they got away with. Um, a lot of people turn around and they're like oh it's of the era so you won't have sexy things or like um lgbt things or um strong-headed women and it's not right actually in the 1930 late 1920s 1920s and 1930s early 1930s a lot of films are very um they had they portrayed sex and sexuality in strong women really yeah, well yeah. um so i've been on a really fascinating adventure uh through that um and and classic musicals as well. They've put a bunch of RKO films on that have stuff like Top Hat and The Gay Divorcee. So like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. So um, what other um, are your sort of favourite, your go-to 
music movie musicals. My go-to movie musicals. Oh, I, I, God, I like trash, so I'm gonna put that out there first. <laughs> okay. First. My favorite movie musicals are not like the best movie musicals. I love like Repo Genetic Opera. It's my one of my favorite films of all time. Right. I've wanted um, to watch that. That's on my list. It's on Amazon I, Prime. I think I discovered it through it. like TikTok or something. Someone there was like a clip of what? it. Uh, about a little glass vial or something. And I was like, this a is quite catchy. A little bit tighter anatomy. It's so good. It's so good. It's <laughs> trash. And I love it. But actually, the head is amazing. That's, um, that's why I always wanted to watch it. Oh, head, man. Anthony Stewart head, and he can sing, and you're like, I forget how much he can sing. I, when I was a kid, that was kind of like him and Willow were my, like sexual awakenings. Like maybe I like an old man who can sing and like <laughs> redheaded lesbian witch. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they come hand in hand, don't they? They come hand in hand, yeah. <laughs> and um, I like Phantom of the Paradise, and I really love. Phantom of the Opera, so I love the film, regardless of how terrible Jared Butler can sing in it as the titular role. I mean, that uh, was my introduction to Phantom, was the uh, the Jared Butler film. I think I had right. the, I bought the DVD somewhere, and my friend was like, oh, you're not going to like that, so you can give it to me because I love it. So you watch it once and then give it to me, and then like the next day I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm keeping this for myself, thanks. Because <laughs> like, my, my nan's a big Phantom of the Opera fan. So I grew up with her original tapes and I watched the film and just became obsessed when I was in college with it. I remember really drunkenly singing the whole film with my friend up and down the street. <laughs> wow. I don't I don't have the heart to not like this film because I think it does what it should do really well. I don't know what people were expecting from it. It is basically the show in a thing, but with Jared Butler, mm. who, who I think he can he can hold a note. He's not bad. Yeah. He's no no Michael Crawford. And Emmy Rosam. I mean, Russell's the best, and Patrick Wilson before he was like Ocean Master. It's great. <laughs> I love Phantom. Is that what no, we refer to him to? He's always Master. going to be Patrick Wilson, Ocean Master. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. okay with that. So, how yeah. do you feel about the uh, the sequel then? Um, what's it? Love, Love Never Dies. Love Never Dies. I hate Love Never Dies. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate it so much. I hate it so much, but I can't stop listening to two songs from it. And okay. It's really funny, because the reason I hate Love Never Dies is because I, the, the story is terrible. Um, the, they really take the characters and go, we're going to make them completely different people. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to try and squeeze in this sex scene, like between Phantom and Christine at this yeah. unknown time, just so we can have Phantom Kids. Spoiler alert. Oh, Phantom God. Kids. Um, and... The song that they sing, Beneath the Moonless Sky, which is them trying to rewrite history, it's one of my favourite songs, not lyrically, but, like, musically. If it was, like, in any other show, I'd be like, yes, I love this song. But because it's Phantom, I'm like, this is awful. Like, this just doesn't make any sense. I hate the sequels. I don't know what they were thinking. I only it. recently watched that um, when they released it on uh, YouTube a few weeks back. Uh, before then, I'd been listening to the soundtrack, and it was, you know, I kind of like, enjoyed it. There ebbs and flows, but um, watching it, I was just like, ah, oh, it's too. The, the, the whole carnival setting just doesn't really interest me. I do love the um, the song between uh, Phantom and uh, I can't remember his name uh, at the bar. Oh, Devil Take Kindmost. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
I really said that too quickly for someone who hates this show, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, Double Takes Home. <laughs> like, oh, I we it. all know it as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and they changed the production for, like, the, the recorded show. So, like, Till I Hear You Sing is the best song and the most, like, phantom song in the whole production. And they put it at the beginning. And it's all downhill from yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah, I I, mean, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't really argue with you, to be honest. It isn't great, but I, I still enjoy the soundtrack to it enough. Um, yeah. What other, what are your other trash, uh, trashy uh, musicals? I'm trying to. I'm hoping you don't say Mamma Mia at all. No, Mamma Mia. No, Mamma Mia is not. Mamma Mia is like pure joy. But I like Thank you. stuff like <laughs> stuff like um, Cannibal the Musical. Um, oh, yeah, Oh, so good. And I love, I don't think it's trash. So, like, the rock musicals, like, Hedwig and the Angry yeah, Inch and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. The culty, culty ones. Um, you know, they're not quite, like, rocky horror. They're just kind of on the outskirts of of stardom. Um, yeah. Yeah. I kind of really dig the, dig those ones. Musicals. I love just, I love, this is fact, I just love musicals. And I like Tommy, and I love, like, like the really crap ones from the eighties as well, you know, and like anything Andrew Lloyd Webber does, and I'm like, this is really bad. Like, oh, I just do. I do, you, if someone sings in a in a in a film, I'm there. I'm sold. I'm like done. They don't have to sing well, La La Land. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. So you, your yeah. ultimate film would be someone who doesn't sing particularly well, but definitely sings. It's some sort of weird, rocky, but slightly not rocky, but also outsorts with everything that's normal experience. Yeah. But one person is slightly older, one of them's a redhead. One of them's a redhead. That would be, like, <laughs> insanely perfect for me. Right, right. I'm just going to write a screenplay just for you. Just for me. You said it in the Victorian era, and I'm done. I'm there. I'm done. Oh, okay. Steampunk. Yeah. Is that a, is that a thing? You want that? Yeah. Okay. Musical. <laughs> With the clanks and the steams puffs, that's a tempo you can keep a beat to. Wait for it. Steampunk Starlight Express. That's what's going to come. <laughs> that's actually a good way around that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could work. It could work. It'd be horrifying, as horrifying as Cat was <laughs> i didn't mention it this time it wasn't me i just wanted to point that I out i avoided mentioning it as well we were on andrew lloyd webber i took myself away <laughs> <laughs> i love cats and i'm defending to his dying day you see i like cats i the film Finally. i'm like i'm like 50 50 on. the thing is the first half of cats is so dull but when you get into like, the second half like the minute mccavity has his number and like that I'm 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 there. I'm like there for the music and the production and I'm here for Idris Elba having the best time of his life in but the whole the first film. half has um Mungo Jerry and Rumble teaser. Oh yeah. Oh I do love that. But also you have to get through Rebel Wilson and James Gordon to get yeah, there. That's true and it's a shame but still those that, that was probably one of my favourite um Mungo Jerry and Rumble teaser iterations i've seen was the, the film version oh, oh this is film... so nice talking to someone who <laughs> likes it <laughs> the film version even though i love 
the song Mr. Mistopheles. I just, I hate the fact they took it away from Rum Tum Tugger because that oozed sex in like, when Rum Tum Tugger sings it in like the stage show, it's mm. like the sexiest thing and you're very sexually confused <laughs> because he's like the sexy cat and to have like this weird narrator cat sing it instead mm. and then Mr. Mistopheles sing it, I get like a bit problematic, but you know, it's ballsy as fuck without the balls. So, um... <laughs> neutered. <laughs> <laughs> muted <laughs> ballsy and muted all at once I mean you can't really say that about many other films any other films really can't say that about any other films <laughs> yeah but do we have to talk about cats anymore yes oh. you know how these interviews go by now Andrew <laughs> there was at least we've half done... an hour dedicated to cats every day. we've done about seven or eight of these and everyone has somehow turned into cats and it's always apparently my fault this time it wasn't though I didn't say it first. Saying the word cats is not an open invitation <laughs> to talk about cats, is it? To me, it is. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm going to have to excise that word from my vocabulary from now on. Okay. You no I'm longer just... mention cats or cats <laughs> ever again. There is an anti dog out in the garden. Anti <laughs> dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so calling cats that from now on. <laughs> hey, that was one of my favourite reviews. Um, oh, I can't remember what it was now. So bad it makes oh, it's completely gone from my head. But there was uh, some like Douglas said it. Uh, hopefully, yeah. guess later on in the episode. Yeah, you can ask him. That's going to bug me now. <laughs> <laughs> Worst thing to happen to cats since dogs. That was it, yeah. <laughs> Not that I agreed with any of it, but yes, it was rather well written, I admit. Oh dear. Oh, I'm done with cats. I, I'm just ecstatic right now, I don't know what else to say. So, say Hamilton's so exciting. Can we focus on Hamilton for the rest of our lives instead? Because at least Hamilton, if they do do a musical version, no one is going to rip their skin off to reveal a second skin with a twirly, shiny dress and making people do march who are cockroaches. Because if they are marching in there, they are not cockroach marchers. Okay, wow. speaking of Hamilton then, um, how about uh, Lynn manuels other musical, uh, In the Heights? In the Heights. Do you, do you know much? Have you listened to it? Have you seen it? Have you seen the trailer? I've I've seen the trailer. I know some of the songs, um, right. and I've seen the trailer, and I'm I'm stoked for it because it looks great. It kind of looks like what West Side Story should be, but probably what West Side Story isn't going to be. You know, yeah. the upcoming one, not the classic, because the classic's incredible, problematic, but incredible. But like, the... they're all problematic now. It turns out. Well, yeah, the upcoming West Side Story. Um... <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That one that was meant to come out. <laughs> the but one never, that's definitely... never did. Never, definitely Just not going to come out now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> the world is so you don't you want to talk about cats again now? <laughs> <laughs> We're on fire. Everyone's problematic. <laughs> I'm excited for because it's the same director of Crazy Rich Asians, right? Yeah. Am I? Yeah. yeah. So I'm True. really excited. 
yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with it because I thought Crazy Rich Asians was so good. Yes. And it yes. was just one iota away from being a musical. How great would a Crazy yeah. Rich Asians yeah. musical be for a start? Yeah, and maybe I feel the like sequel can... can do that. Yeah. Just give up all pretense of it, every other genre and go straight for Michelle Yeoh doing some dancing and singing. I'll be you in heaven. I would want Michelle Yeoh to do a musical. That'd be so good. Yes. You oh. know? I think it could work really well. I think I'm just um, going to be disappointed with Crazy Rich Asians for the rest of my life now, whenever I rewatch it. And it's not a musical, but, and it's so close. Uh, <laughs> it's so close to being so a musical. good I'm anyway. Have you seen Henry Golding? Oh, come on. Look up. <laughs> God. <laughs> I mean, how, how, how do you even remember that? Because <laughs> last Christmas was fun. Although it should have been a musical as well. That would have been fun, yeah. Last Just go Christmas for a full wham musical. It was an iota of be- I thought it was going to be a musical, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's about a musical, it man. He <laughs> <laughs> comes from down your way and he can play. <laughs> I just had, I just went, sorry, I just was back in, like, my school hall. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we had about... Music Man, Superman, Double Bill. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Classic disco songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about uh, live musicals? You said you've not uh, caught um, Hamilton live. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what musicals have you managed to see live? I've managed to live. Well, Phantom of the Opera um, oh, is I'm my jealous. favorite. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it once live, and I'm planning to see it again. Um, I'm actually staring like, at a Phantom of the Opera candle. So, like, I it's my <laughs> just my top wow. favorite one. Um, I've seen Wicked a lot. I'm a oh, big. I... My sister loves Wicked so much that every time she comes to London, she'll drag me to another performance of Wicked. Oh, that's sweet. Um, I love, I've seen Young Frankenstein, I love Young Frankenstein and Book of Mormon mm-hmm. um, are some favourites. Um, I'm really into like, I've, there's loads of live shows that I've never been able to see that I'm really into. Like the Anastasia on Broadway, I love the version of Anastasia on Broadway from what mm-hmm. I listen to. Um, but seeing live, not, not, not well versed, I've seen a lot of like amateur stuff, mm. but I think Phantom's my top one. Yeah. Yeah, Phantom's on top of my list to go and see at some point. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind going to see both together, the Phantom and um, Love Never Dies. Like a cursed child possible. Yeah, (laughs) they should do it. Should they? Give the thing is that you come out of Phantom, you'd have to watch Love Never Dies first, and then you Phantom as a prequel because you'd come out of Phantom joyous and wondrous it's like oh my gosh like this brilliant original like this is amazing and how they do like the sets and stuff and you go into love never dies and want to kill yourself so like <laughs> wow <laughs> you'd have to swap it over you'd be like you wouldn't go in as a smoker but you'd come out as a smoker you'd be like oh <laughs> fuck me like <laughs> cigarette break every five minutes <laughs> during like, the show it's just the theater owners would be begging people to second act it <laughs> <laughs> They'd just be like, uh, we've lost half our audience. <laughs> 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 oh, 
where are they? They're outside smoking. My brother did that during, sorry, I don't mean to bring up during cats. He just went. <laughs> like, <laughs> left. <laughs> outside smoking a cigarette. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, if there's ever a reason to pick up a cigarette, cats seems to be the way. <laughs> I'm going to make it my mission to take Andrew to see cats live when I, <laughs> when I next get the. <laughs> okay, the I'm uh, recording this for The Hague to listen back to at some point. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, Sarah, it's been lovely having you here and uh, keeping everything focused on the topic of Hamilton and nothing but Hamilton. <laughs> nothing but Hamilton. I'm so sorry. Tangent. It's not your fault. Don't be. I am, this is one of my favourite interviews so far. You're the only person I've spoken to that likes cats, and I'm ecstatic. Right. <laughs> it's, You're it's feeling great. fine. Just giving people some pause for thought, you know. <laughs> Look, I just couldn't give away my shot to talk about cats, so. <laughs> Thank you very and much. I'm sure. Here. I'm sure now Andrew wants to be in the room where it happens. <laughs> I'm okay with these jokes. These jokes are fine. <laughs> Let's never talk about the other show ever again. <laughs> Sarah Cook, we can find you on the your films and numbered podcasts. And movies at the weekend? Movies on weekends. Movies, movies on, weekends. on weekends. Yes. Not at the. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you for stopping by. No worries. Glad to be on board. Thank you. Right. Now we're here with Simon Thompson. <laughs> Woo! Woohoo! Is this on? Welcome. It is. Wait a second. You're in America, but you don't sound American. What's going on? Uh, I'm an actor. No, I'm not. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I haven't. I've been here for a number of years now, but I've never, I've never. In fact, actually, I think my British accent has got stronger since I've been here. In Are the you last fighting? No, I just think it's. I don't know what it is, but I think I've just got a touch of the Hugh Grant about me, um, <laughs> and, and, and I think my my Britishness has got even more so. I'm not wearing a cravat yet. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm not at that level, um, but I am probably on stage one Paddington right now. So, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, escalating to stage two in uh, in a couple of years. I mean, that's not a bad place to be. Yeah, if that's your end game, yeah, it's Phoenix Buchanan. Oh God, no, there's, absolutely. There's worst role models out there, and I'd happily be directed by Paul King. So, uh, so that's absolutely fine. Oh, it's a shame he's not coming back for another one. I know, but he's going to be exec producing, which is great. Um, yeah. The script is, is coming along very nicely. So, uh, you know, I, I think even though people will be disappointed that Paul's not coming back for number three, um, his hands are going to be, so to speak, all over it, um, which is good. You know, he, that was such a calling card for Paul um, in his career. Um, I, I think it would be remiss for him to not be heavily involved in it, even if he doesn't want to direct it, just to make mm -hmm. sure that the, the standard is maintained. So, uh, you know, it's still going to have that, King-esque air about it, which I think is uh, is reassuring. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I love Bunny and the Ball. It's Such a great movie. It's film. a great movie, and it's I a perfect lockdown film. I received a, 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 an email the other day, and the first name I saw in it was Ed Hogg. <sighs> uh, and Ed Hogg is a name that you don't see on enough movies these days. Um, you know, a great British actor. Yeah, um, who is wildly underappreciated, except for me, except for you. I yes. actually stopped the interview once and just you know thanked him for his performance in Bunny and the Ball and how great he was because I just couldn't help myself. He was just there and it's like ah, 
You're amazing. Well, you've and got to reward the work where it's done. So that's uh, that's really important. And he would mm. have appreciated that. So, Also, someone who saw uh, the movie, uh, which was wildly underseen. Uh, yes. Which is criminally unfair. So. Yes, twice. Went to the cinema twice for it. Some of us cared and also managed to find it. Yeah, I got to admit, I've not seen it. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Um, it's I don't know where you can catch it these days. but It, it might it come really up on Film 4 from it. time to time, but that's about as best you're going to get. Does it? All right. Yeah. It was released on DVD, right? So you can probably... I've got a Blu-ray. Oh, on Blu-ray? Yeah, but it, it was Optimum, and they kind of, with Studio Canals, kind of dwindled those down. Yeah. That's such a it's... shame. Anyway, anyway well, Hamilton. I'll, I'll hey, talk about Hamilton instead. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is also wonderful. Yes. And also no, you Ham- can watch within your inside of your house. It, it, that is true. Um, Hamilton with uh, less fucks given. Um, yes. To, uh, the fact that it's going to be on Disney Plus here in yes. the UK. I, I did love the fact that Lin Manuel Miranda uh, tweeted this week about how many fucks they could get away with um, for a PG thirteen. <laughs> so they they have maintained one fuck and yeah. they muted. I think two or three fucks. There's so, two. Uh, there was, there's two actual fucks in the musical, and there's one fuck. Oh, that that's still in there. Which is still um, in there. Yeah. But. I've got, I've got a problem because Lynn Manuel was saying, you know, and the MPA specifically, or the MPA as it is now, specifically say it's only one per PG 13. When one, that's decidedly not true because there are some films. The Australian film Kenny is laced with them, but it still got through a PG 13 because there was no audience for it, so it didn't matter. And last year alone, Gemini Man got through a motherfucker, and that was that never gets through. Oh. Yeah. I, but there's, I mean, there's also, I mean, the, realistically, Gemini Man should never have got through. Uh, oh, I, no, I happily own that in 4K, I mean, 60 I, frames a second. No, I mean, I love Ang Lee, and I, I had a great conversation with him, but even he knew that the movie that they made, as experimental and interesting as it was, it, it simply wasn't good enough. Um, you know, and, and I think they spent too much time on the tech and not enough on the, on the substance of the movie. Um, yeah. You know, it was, it was a real opportunity that was missed. And also the fact that what I found really weird with Gemini Man was the fact that they obviously shot it to be shown in a very specific format. And so few places could actually show it in that format. It was almost pointless doing it, which was really weird. Um, More could show it in that format than when Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk came out, though, because that was only one screen in the whole world, I believe. Yeah. And The Hobbit. Exactly. Oh, wow. The Hobbit was another example, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really strange. I mean, I absolutely admire the creative decision behind it. I didn't like the results. I saw it actually on the Paramount lot um, here in L.A. Um, yeah. And I was I was really, it just, you know, when something's so real that it looks more real than the real world and yes. it's mildly freaky, it's unsettling. Um, that, that for me was the problem with Gemini Man. It was so fucking distracting um, that, that I just couldn't, I couldn't enjoy the movie. Uh, and then it turned out, the movie actually wasn't that good anyway. Uh, so that, that was that was a, a shame. I think that's a really good example of, of where Hollywood is. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Um, okay, but the tech was there to give Benedict Wong and a toucan a hangout session watching football. Are we saying that's not a good thing? I mean, I'm amazed that wasn't nominated for an Oscar, to be honest with you. Um, but, but I'm also amazed that somebody wrote that and was like, the central piece in this scene is, uh, is a toucan. <laughs> it's a two-hander. Yeah, and, and the why is that? Well, toucan play that game. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but it, 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 it's, it's, hard, it, it's hard to go wrong 
with Benedict. Wong. <laughs> um, you know, that he's is the truth. Criminally underused um, by by Hollywood. Um, I I I love him, and he's such a. Have you ever interviewed him, Andrew? I've never interviewed him, but I've had dinner with him before. Yeah, he's he's just the nicest guy. He's so yeah. humble um, and funny. Hollywood, outside of Doctor Strange, has never really given him the dues that he's uh, that he's due. Um, That's yeah. true. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, fucks and movies, I'm just wondering: was um, what's it? Uh, King's Speech was that a PG thirteen? Because wasn't that a fifteen over here, and then they turned it a into 12, a twelve? Fifteen to twelve and a PG thirteen after yeah. appeal. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, I was wondering if it was the same as in America if it got appealed. Yeah. Um, that's kind of it. It bugs me now that I didn't know that because uh, when I heard that motherfucker had been taken out of Hamilton, I was like, all right, that's understandable. But now knowing that it was allowed in Gemini, the, Gemini Man, I'm just like, Gemini Man. Does things, Will, theoretically, it's just Disney. It's Smith just Disney it, being. But... Well, Will Smith gets it because he's a spy in disguise. <laughs> After that, you're free to get anything you want. True, true. Yeah, I mean, after I saw Spies in Disguise, I, I've got to be honest with you, I did say, fuck. Um, <laughs> I know, great film. Well, no. <laughs> um, I had a good year with Will Smith last year. Yeah, Maybe it was just me. It Three was, bangers. I've never, I haven't in the longest time seen a studio abandon a movie so much uh, <laughs> as they did with Spies in Disguise. I mean, Disney really had no idea what to do with that movie when it landed on their plate it was really yeah. funny they were doing a junket here in los angeles for another movie i can't remember what it was and they literally had a room down the hallway where they had i think it was the directors oh. and it was literally like hey you've just come out of that room do you want to go in this room and talk spies in disguise people were like i haven't seen the movie they're like hey yeah we've got mm. the directors sitting in a room Come and chat about, and it was like it was so awkward. Um, I mean, they 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 just abandoned that movie like it was I don't know a you know shit sandwich. It was uh, a pigeon sitting on a rooftop, yeah, pretending it's Will Smith. But why invest so much money in getting that level of voice talent and then just abandon the movie? It was just very weird. I've seen worse, but it just was not a great movie. Well, um, going back to Hamilton, um, where where are you with Hamilton? Are you are you a fan of the album? Have you seen the show? What was your What was your introduction? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it here in LA um, about two years ago. Um, even though it was the the national touring company, which still had a, a tremendous cast, the tickets were ludicrously expensive. I think my wife mm. and I got tickets at the on, on the met on the the, the the standard floor level but we were right at the back and even then they were still like two hundred dollars each um, oh so it, it was insanely expensive but I'd never really bought into the hype for Hamilton you know when things are hyped up so much you're like is it actually this good yeah, or yeah. are people just on a bandwagon and I was really pleasantly surprised um I, I did enjoy the show I thought it was very very good um, it's a part of history that I was not particularly aware of. Uh, and I think they really told that story in a in a really excellent way. But I think, unfortunately, you know, because it was so popular, it became such a phenomenon so quickly. I, I think there is expectation around it that I think a lot of people might turn away from because it was such a phenomenon. But I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. Uh, have I revisited the soundtrack on a regular basis? 
I can't say I have. Um, right. But it's certainly something that I, I will be looking forward to, to watching again when it, it lands on Disney Plus. Absolutely, yeah. Did you have to disguise the actor when you went to see it? Um, I don't know. Um, you are but, but it was interesting. People Jackson, were like, oh, oh, you're here. Um, uh, to me, it was something I was never really aware of. Um, <laughs> but it's part of the process of, of learning American history. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I found it amazing. And I think, to be honest with you, if, if it opens up that story and, and, and the history of America to more people in that way, um, I think it's a good thing. You know, I think it's a really important piece of art. Um, but, it, you know, people have a problem with musicals, period. You know, a lot of people turn yeah. away from, from that uh, genre. Um, but, but I think this is really an exceptional piece. And I think people will, will look at it just out of curiosity and enjoy it, you know, as a result. And for Disney but, Plus as well, getting some content in this summer will yeah, I mean, languishing. Yeah, and it doesn't get more accessible than Disney Plus. I mean, no. you know, I, I've not seen, a, a, you know, a platform that people have signed up to, you know, no holds barred, no questions asked in that degree uh, right. in, in my lifetime. I mean, we all remember when, when Netflix first landed. It was like, who's going to stream stuff? You know, who, who's going to not watch a DVD? Who's going to have that on their TV? What is the quality of the product? What is there? It's all old stuff. And now you look at Netflix and it's a completely different animal. Um, you know, but I, I think it will open it up to a lot more people. And I think people who wouldn't have watched it, you know, or simply can't afford to watch it, to be honest with you, because it That's is the thing. so ludicrously expensive. Mm. You know, we'll, we'll give it a try, um, which I think is a good thing. Have you guys seen it? Yes. Yeah, we saw it at uh, opening night of previews. In London. Nice. We, we didn't go to New York for it, alas. No, we weren't that. that New York thing came to the us, right. when they were experimenting and trying out songs. We weren't there. But okay. we when we invented time machine, that would be pretty cool. Uh, Bill and Ted Hamilton. Um, <laughs> That's why they're going to face the music in the booth where it happens. Yay! Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah. had you heard the? Had you heard the album before you went in, or like? Before you went into the live show, or no, I'm I'm not one of those guys where you know you you, you listen to the soundtrack and it's like oh I know all the songs are going to sing along. Um, <laughs> I, I went I went in completely blind and was like you know is this really worth the the hype that it's getting? Um, mm. And I, I actually I to be honest with you I think it was better that way um, because I saw another musical that a lot of people were were talking about and have been talking about and is now becoming a movie, uh, Dear Evan Hansen. And oh, yeah. I listened to the soundtrack of that before I went to see it here in L.A. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I was kind of looking for the narrative beats to, to match the songs. Mm. And I, 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 I kind of taught myself a lesson with that by just going, actually, let the narrative and the music unfold as a story rather than going in and going, I know this one, I know this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it, it was kind of a different experience for me with that one. But uh, no, I mean, I, I didn't want to. I, I knew the room where it happened. You know, uh, and all that kind of stuff, and and, and the, the 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 popular beats on the soundtrack. Um, but no, I wanted to go in as you know as green as possible to get that proper experience. Um, but you know, I think it's a different thing for everybody, really. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I I usually um, I usually sorry, go on. No, no, Johnny, you've got you you you've steamrolled. <laughs> well, um, I usually um, I usually uh, wait 
until I've seen it live before I start listening to the soundtrack. But Hamilton was the exception to the rule because I knew there was a lot of rapping involved. And I was like, I, didn't, I was worried I wasn't going to be able to catch up with it yeah. uh, as the first experience seeing it live because there's, you know, you're, you're watching the characters as well and it's just easier to focus on the album. So, so um, but you, you didn't have that issue, issue yourself? No, I didn't. Um, you know, I, I, I'm quite surprised because I thought that potentially might be a bit of a stumbling block. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think you kind of acclimatise, um, you know, to 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 what it is, the format and how it's presented quite quickly. Um, but I can entirely understand, you know, why why you did that. Uh, Andrew, what about you? But I tried not to listen to things beforehand, but also I don't go to much theatre wise. Um, with Hamilton, I remember it was just someone posted something on Twitter. Maybe the day the album dropped or they released uh, the first couple of tracks on YouTube. Mm. Thought, oh, what is this? This is interesting and weird. I kind of heard about it on, you know, some sort of podcast once. And that was 2015, I must say. So pretty early on, I believe. Wow. And thus, thus I kind of got into that hardcore for years until it, they finally came to London to perform for me. As I assume, that's why they came to London. <laughs> oh, just for you, yes. Just oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, they were like, I'll tell you what we haven't done. We haven't performed for Andrew. So we should really, <laughs> we should really get to London. We should get to um, London and then delay it by a month and a half because the theatre's not quite ready yet. Yes. But don't worry. That was fine. the uh, Tony acceptance speech. Then uh, yeah. <laughs> Manuel went up. He was like, I mean, thanks for this, but, you know, we haven't performed for Andrew yet. So. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, got to put that at the top of the to-do list. So... Uh, <laughs> Andrew, we're looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> this is right, you, Jonesy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why, for some reason, he's ah, uh, a 1920s but... uh, Italian-American gangster there, rather than uh, a, a Latinx uh, singer-songwriter composer. <laughs> oh, um, is this but... the end for all, Lynn? Oh, <laughs> we gotta do this. So, <laughs> um, so what about uh, other movie musicals? Uh, favorites, least favorites. What, what are your highlights? Your Do you know what? I'm, I, I, I'm not ashamed to, to admit that I'm, I'm a big fan of musicals. Um, oh. You know, I, I always have been. It, it, I know it's a genre that a lot of people kind of shy away from. Um, a, a big favourite of mine is, uh, is uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, right. I'm also a massive fan of uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, that, that's a favourite of mine. Um, I mean, even some of the classics like, you know, Cabaret and uh, Chicago and stuff like that, I, I do really enjoy. But for me, it's, it, it really has to be a mix of, of, of good songs, you know, good narrative in the songs. Um, not, not signposting, but just have a really nice arc in there. And I think when there's a story to, to, to back up the music and it's a really good book, um, you know, that is something that I, that I do really appreciate. Um, it's kind of a, a guilty pleasure genre for me. Even... Rock of Ages, which is uh, yes. I, I hadn't seen as a musical um, until uh, earlier this year, actually, here in Los Angeles. I first experienced that um, as, as the movie, which was, by the way, criminally underrated and exceptionally Thank good you. fun. Yeah. No, seriously. I love that movie. The fact that all that was my number one film that year. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, and I, I, I honestly believe that if it was released in 2020 and it was released to streaming, it would be like so popular, so oh, popular, yeah. um, and it's criminally underrated. And I love Tom Cruise's performance in that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've always been, I've always been a fan of musicals. I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from. It's not something that was really big in my family growing up. Um, but it's just a format that I, I really like. I just find it's a really great way to tell a story. Um, you know, and Rock of Ages is a, it, it's something that shouldn't work because obviously none of those tracks were, were written as a narrative. They all have their own stories, but they fit together so well. Um, mm. But it was turned into, obviously, you know, had a massive run in, in London, you know, on Broadway and various other, you know, uh, cities around the world. But it's now a dinner show here in Los Angeles. Oh. Um, yeah, it opened early this year and it's unfortunately obviously closed because of COVID-19. Um, but but um, the, the guy, Matthew Walker, who is the producer of the original show, uh, which started here in Los Angeles in, in a tiny movie theater, in a yeah. tiny local theater, um, you know, Matthew basically took over a venue on, on, on Sunset and uh, it turned, you know, half of it into a, into a bar, uh, which he called the Bourbon Room and right. half of it into this dinner show. So you can now experience the entire Broadway musical, like a three hour show effectively around you while you eat dinner and have drinks. Um, it, it's absolutely incredible. So that was the first time I saw the musical. But I, I, you know, I loved the movie when that came out. I, I just, I, I honest to God have no reason why audiences didn't get behind it because it had everything that audiences want. And yet audiences just did not turn out for it. I mean, I went night after night because um, I, I was working, uh, I was still working night shifts back then. And I, uh, I just went every single night just before my shift and it would give me the biggest boost. It was the closest I got to going to like a proper gig. Mm. So what other, what other problems in the world of uh, movies and cinema are we going to solve today? <laughs> Where's Bond? <laughs> Interesting. Yes. <laughs> Let's dive in deep. What's going on with the world of summer blockbusters? Well, I, I, think, I think this year is, you know, is a really interesting beast, obviously because of coronavirus. Um, but for me, you know, I understand the, you know, the issue of moving movies back and putting them into early next year. But I think what's really interesting is, is something, and I had this discussion with someone yesterday, is the amount of movies that we've seen going to VOD or going to streaming platforms. Yeah. And I think that's just highlighted the, the lack of quality of some of the stuff that we're being presented with when you see it in a different context, when you see it mm. on streaming and VOD. Right. And I think there are several movies that were due to be released theatrically. And I just think would probably have done okay because they were purely in that environment. But the quality to generate that money is simply not there. Yeah. I can yeah. think of one um, that was I'm still debating whether to... I'm, I'm still debating whether to watch um, the new Steve Carell film that's due out this week is it friday yeah yeah well yeah, you, you can't uh, say no to it it's irresistible uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you i mean i know i know a lot of critics have, have, have torn it a new asshole um but but, but i genuinely enjoyed the movie um you know I, I am an apologist for irresistible um i liked it i thought the pacing was great i loved the script uh, which a lot of people have, have thought was terrible um and i really love chris cooper um you know, I think he was great as the mayor of this small town. But I mean, I, you know, I really liked the movie. Um, I liked what it had to say. I liked the way that it said it. Um, and I thought it was really interesting and innovative. Um, 
Do I think that if that was released in theatres, it would be a hit? No, I don't. Um, mm. You know, and, and I think that's the difference where you're asking someone to pay, you know, 15 quid, you know, tw- 25 bucks to go and see a movie. Um, I think mm. people look at it differently. You know, is it worth the money? And I always, that's when I review stuff, I always look at it in that way. You know, is it, if I left home and I yeah. paid for parking and I paid 15 bucks and then I spent 10 dollars on concessions that's 30 dollars would i be pissed plus three hours or so of your time three hours of your time everything there yeah yeah um and genuinely irresistible i i would be very happy if i saw that but i know a lot of people wouldn't be for me king of staten island is is a great example um of this which i really liked as a movie but Mm. if i paid 30 bucks to go and see it in a movie theater I would kind of be a bit disappointed. Um, yeah, yeah, that's for sure, right there. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the movie, but when you put time plus money on it, yeah, I just think a lot of the audience would have gone in expecting something that was sassy and madcap and probably a bit rude, and what they got was a great heartfelt movie that was beautifully balanced, but they, you know, they weren't expecting that. Um, and I think audiences would have would have reacted in that way. When do you think you'll be uh, ready to go back to the movie theatres? Do you know what? I, I don't know. Um, I love going to the movies and I love going to movie theatres. Mm. It, it, it's the people I don't trust. It's got nothing to do with the content. I would love to see Tenet, but I, I just don't trust people. And I, you know, I don't trust movie theatres when you have the staff that you have who are paid what they're paid and the ask that you're making of these ushers and cleaners it is a really big ask. Yeah. And I just don't think they're going to be able to, to manage that. And I don't think companies are going to put the money and the time and the effort into hiring extra staff exclusively to take care of cleaning. Um, no. No. So I just don't think that's going to happen. So it, it's because of the people and the environment that, that is going to take me a while to go back. Um, even here in LA, we're talking about press screenings and how how we do those moving forward. Um, yeah. You know, because, you know, I, I don't want to be rude, but a lot of the members of our community, uh, the, the, you know, the film community and the entertainment industry are not particularly clean. Molten. Yeah. And I'm just, I just don't trust people to do what needs to be done to keep it a safe environment. So, to answer your question, I, I'm not going to be rushing back. Um, you know, I, I honestly don't know if I'll be back before the end of the year. Yeah. But that's partly right. because of cleanliness, and I think partly because I just don't think the content's going to be there that will make me want to make the effort and go there. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's I mean, the they're, they're, they're gearing up to start back over here, uh, 4th of yeah. July, 10th of July for um, Cineworld. Um, and I remember Cineworld was saying that they're going to be staggering uh, film times. Um, still be bigger gaps. Oh, not like I'm I very intrigued to see. <laughs> I'll be very intrigued to see how big the gaps between the film ending and the next one starting in that same screen is going to be. Because I think when I, I worked in the Cineworld for a few months and it was usually about 20 minutes, 30 yeah. minutes tops. So I, I wonder how deep clean they're going to do between each screening. I can't imagine it being more than like 40 minutes. Oh, no. No. I mean, there's, there's, there's no way that 
you know, you, you have to make this. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. Yes, yeah. we love movie theaters, but these are businesses. And we all know they make the most of their money on concessions and what they make on a movie. It's very little to start off with. And then the more weeks that it plays, the more money they make because the studio takes a smaller cut. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think it's going to bring out the, the, the numbers of people. And if you're spreading out screenings and stuff like that, I just don't think it's going to be commercially viable. I mean, right here in, you know, in the US, they are starting to open up. You know, again, they're looking at, you know, smaller markets and stuff like that. But what they're putting in there is like, you know, the, the, the last, uh, you know, the, the last Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker and oh, good. Bloodshot. And I'm like, Hey, people didn't come out for those movies <laughs> when they were out the first time and now they're available at home. Why is anybody going to go, oh, yes, the first movie I'm going to see in a theatre is Bloodshot? They're not. Uh, because they're family. Well, or, or, or Vin. Yes, that's true. Uh, I like your Fast and Furious reference there. Well done. Well done. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to really have the content there, but studios are not going to want to to put their stuff out there, you know, especially their potentially award-winning stuff, and they're not going to get the return on the investment. I mean, I'm just amazed that, that Disney hasn't put Mulan on VOD or yeah. Disney Plus, because that ship has sailed. They had a lovely market in March. Yeah. They did the premiere, they did all the promotion stuff, and then the movie didn't come out for obvious reasons. Mm. I just don't see Disney putting more money out there to promote Mulan. That's the thing. Now they then they did Artemis Fowl as their test run for Disney Plus releases. Yeah. Do they think that they can suddenly batten down and do another hundred million on Mulan in the future, and and hedge their bets entirely that that'll be the only film, or yeah. will they just give up the ghost and and hope to God that Black Widow provides some sustenance? I mean, nobody's talking about Black Widow. No. No one is talking about that movie. If I was Disney, I would just take that and I'd shove it to next year. And just, you yeah. know, have that as a summer blockbuster next year. I, I would just do that now. Yeah. Um, but also when you think about some of these movies, Mulan's a great example because it's not just you or me buying a ticket. That's a family movie. Yes. And so you are looking at the best part of $100 down to take mum and dad and two kids and concessions. And I yeah. just don't think that, especially where people have been out of work for months you know, when money is tight, that people are going to look at that and go, I'm going to make the trip to a movie theatre to watch Mulan, even though it's going to be on Disney Plus in three months. They're just not going to do it. Sure. So I just don't think, even aside from the health issues, it's going to be commercially viable for people to, to, to put their movies out there. And nobody wants to have, Tenet will do well. There is an audience that would go and see Tenet. They would die for it. They will, they will literally die for it. I have friends who are so excited about this movie. And yet the number of people, what I call regular people, outside of this film bubble, who are going to go... listening. Yeah, they're just not... They're not there yet. Yeah. You know, they are not going to be putting their butts on seats. And the people that will go there, that are dying to see this, is simply not enough to make it commercially viable. You know? That's it, what I'm hoping for. Happen. Like, I think I'm in a very small minority of people who would like, you know, July 4th, once they open, I'm going to go. And mainly it's sort of curiosity to see how they're going to deal with it, with the social distancing and stuff. And also it's because I think that less people are going to want to go straight away. 
Mm. So I think I've got a week or two before people, more and more people start going. So I think I can just get one fix, you know, just one, one cinema trip and then I'll be all right for a few months. I, can, I don't have to go for a few months. Yeah. But just, just to go on my own and I, I imagine, I, I See, think, at least on, <laughs> at least on the first day, I think it'll be all right. And then after that, I'm going to sort of slowly regress back. But, you know, just poke my head out. Quickly. And do you see why that's not that's simply not sustainable for, for movie yeah. theaters? And I think a lot of people will do the exact same thing. Um, I think once they've got it back, they will do that one trip. Oh, I've been to the movie theater, and then they'll forget about it. Yeah, and that's not a sustainable business model. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'll go to once and then just kind of see how it how they deal with you know see if the numbers rise because of all this you know yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting year for sure. I mean, it's already been an interesting <laughs> <It already> year. Is. <laughs> yeah. Interesting is one word for it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, yeah. I, I honestly, I have no idea why anybody is intending to release anything this year. Um, yeah. You know, b- before like November, December, I, I simply wouldn't bother. And, and yeah. you know, it, it's the same in the UK. You know, we see from the, from the beaches of Bournemouth where people are already, they throw in caution to the wind and they don't care. And they're contradicting their own their, their own arguments. If we do get a second wave of of coronavirus in any significant way, um, that all this stuff is going to be, you know, purely academic anyway, because things are going to shut down again. Yeah, mm. for, you know, for a very long period. Yeah, you know, it's going to be it's going to be much it's... harder than the first run. Yeah, we'll be looking. Oh yeah, yeah, at probably another year. Certainly for the rest of the year. Yes. It's terrifying. On that happy note, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all going to die. Next. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and, and giving us the light that we need on this, this wonderful summer we're having. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I do love talking about this stuff. So, uh, and I, I'm literally talking to myself these days um, oh, um yeah. so yeah i mean it's, it's great to talk about this stuff with you know with you guys um so humans thank you humans uh <laughs> human. what human um <laughs> thank you I, I really appreciate it and i hope uh, people are moderately entertained by my rambling uh, <laughs> and if they, if they want to you know more of the same tired old shit um then they can follow me on twitter uh, at showbiz simon a name that, to this day, I really regret owning on Twitter, but I now can't change it because I'll lose my blue tick um, oh, no. <laughs> if, if I change my name. Um, but it's 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 a kind of a shit handle, and I wish. What I hadn't do you mean? It. It's great. It's no, it sounds like I'm a fucking cabaret act in Macclesfield <laughs> in the 1970s. <laughs> That's why I fell in love with you. You know, and I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a, a, a 40-something bald white guy in Los Angeles. <laughs> And I, you know, I've got this ridiculous Twitter moniker, um, <laughs> you know, like, like, like I say, it's like fucking Phoenix Knights. Um, but I'm, stuck, <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck with it now. So, uh, so there you go. You know, it's not my biggest regret in life, but it's certainly up there. But uh, okay. yes, at Showbiz Simon on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, for which I apologize. And now we're here with Nathaniel Smith. Hello. 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 How's it going? Good. How's things with you? up there in the um office. it's uh windy and gray 
and uh, quite cold. Um, but uh, we have vaguely competent leaders up here, so you know, <laughs> swings and roundabouts. Oh, you have them as well. Yeah, yeah, but we're not allowed to use them yet. Oh, so. parks aren't open. Uh, mm. Not, not the children's play area bits, because lots of metal and stuff, presumably. But you know, metal, of course, famous for conducting electricity and coronavirus. Yes, yeah, um, and I have gone around licking all of these metal play areas as well. That, as far as I'm aware, isn't banned. You just can't use the swings. Um, you can't hold on to them. Yeah. And so. the cars are all backed up, waiting to go on the roundabouts. It's just... mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. Not a problem at all. Is this, is this, is this normally how, uh, how it goes, where you sort of reach uh, the topic of the podcast ten tangents later? Yeah, literally. <laughs> and then, you know, we say, oh, and that was our conversation done. Now let's move <laughs> on to, I don't know, a terrible film from last year, Johnny. <laughs> what was... What, I, I, I don't know what, like, what terrible film from last year. Nothing important. Nah. You like Hamilton, right? I do. I do like Hamilton. I um, have been a Hamilton fan since they first released the Broadway cast recording. Like, day, yeah. literally day one uh, was when I listened to it. Not knowing much about it, I just saw, I think it was actually Duncan Jones tweeted about it being like, this is major. And I thought <laughs> I'd give it, give it a listen. Um, I, I, no previous knowledge of, like, In the Heights or... Um, I'd seen Lin Manuel Miranda on some college humor videos, but had no like reference frame of reference for who he was. Right. Um, gave it a listen and was kind of transfixed, and so I kept listening, and then I kept listening, and then sort of it became a bit of an obsession. Really, I would have Hamilton listening parties, genuinely, where it would just be me and my friends, and would um, would listen to the album from start to finish um, and sing along uh, as best we could. And it was, it was great and it became, yeah. It, so it became an obsession. I got the, the Ron Chernow uh, biography. I got the, um, the book that they released with sort of all of the cast photos in it. I think it's called that, the Hamill tome. I think he called it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I, I should clarify, I didn't finish the Ron Chernow biography. It's very, I was going to say, because <laughs> <laughs> I've been very trend. curious as to how easy that is to read. It's really well written. It's, it, it's just, it's just dense and there's, yeah. there's a lot of information in it. So, um, I, I think I, I got pretty far, but I mean, like the stuff that he will cover in the first song, you know, when his when he was ten, his mother got sick. You know mm. that bit. Yeah. Um, that's like a couple of chapters. <laughs> oh. It, it takes it takes a good amount of time before he gets to New York, which is obviously all covered in the very first in song. <laughs> all of yeah, <laughs> but him developing his love of writing and um, getting a job for a trading charter and that kind of thing. He, it, it, it's all essential context stuff that um, is very handily dismissed in, in that one song. So it's good. It's a very good book, very well written, but uh, there's just there's a lot of it. 
So what are your um, your highlights from the album, from the show? Um, uh, so the one track that I keep going back to, because I feel like it's the one that stands alone without really necessarily having to listen to the whole album, <laughs> um, is Wait For It. Yes. Um, uh, it's you know it, it works in isolation as well as in the context of everything else um, it, I just I love the amount of time it gives but uh, you know the fact that he is a, a second lead um, and and that what could have just been like a, a jerky villain is actually this really well rounded out character who hmm. It's just, you know, he's he's kind of the heart of it, really. Um, mm. you, you end up feeling more for him at, at points and wait for it as just this magnificent piece of music um, that just, yeah, gets to the heart of the character uh, in a really effective way. So that's, that's a highlight for me as well. I'm also uh, a total sucker for... Um, end of the first act let's bring all the motifs together yeah um, so you know you've got one day more in lame is and in in this one it's um uh oh flip non-stop non-stop that's right um and i just yeah there's so so much satisfaction in each character bringing in their little motif and them all overlaying with one another perfectly as like a summation of everything that's happened in the first half and setting up the themes of the second um i just think it's kind of unparalleled are you guys um, both fans oh yeah we we both got to see it the um the opening, opening night, night. yeah Open the night of previews, which was quite exciting. Have you have you seen the show at all live, or was this yeah. going to be your first time? No, I, I did I did see it in London. Um, it was, do you know, how are you for personal digressions on this podcast? Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> um, you, you can edit me out. Um, so, uh, my wife is American. Um, she's from the states, and. We were in the process of applying for her visa um, when, uh, you know, she, so she had to go back to the States in order to get her visa and stay with right. her parents for a bit, right. apply for the visa. Um, and we, I didn't know any of this was going to happen when I booked the tickets because obviously, you know, that was like a year and a half before we actually got around to seeing it. Yeah. Um, so I booked the tickets um, and... Uh, for, I booked four tickets for me and some friends and I kind of was pretty early on in dating uh, Natalie at that point. So I was like, well, you know, hopefully she'll be one of those people. But sadly, mm. she was stuck in America when it happened. So she she wasn't able to come and see it. But that was also the day when uh, we'd got a notification saying, oh, we've made a decision on your visa. And this is the most convoluted process. It's so ridiculously over the top just to allow her into the country. You've got to pay a couple of thousand pounds and you've got to prove that you're in a relationship. And I had to prove that as a freelancer, I was earning enough money, super stressful. They mm. can deny you for minuscule reasons. Um, and we got a notification saying we've made a decision, but they didn't say what the decision was. They just sent it through the post. And we knew that it was arriving at her house in America that day. And so I spent the whole day uh, exploring the delightful sights of London with my friend and 
um, just feeling sick to my stomach. Like, because mm. if, if they denied it, like, then you have to pay £2,000 again and, and reapply. And it's, yay, immigration. Um, <laughs> and I was, I still hadn't found out by the time I went to see the show. And my friends who were with me were like, mate, you've just got to forget it for now. And then my phone died. So I was like, well, I'm not, oh. I'm, I'm not going to know now. Um, and I thought, I genuinely think this is going to ruin Hamilton for me because I was just so nervous about whether my future wife would be allowed into the country or not. And then I sat down and I was like, okay, I just hope that I can forget about it for now. And those first notes came in. Bam, ba-da-da-dum, da-da-da-dum. And I was like, immediately transported and just <laughs> forgot about it. And I was just like, utterly swept away for two and a half hours or however long it is, just in in raptures at finally being able to see this thing that I'd been obsessed about for so long and um, almost cried during quiet uptown because of personal family reasons that had happened that year <laughs> like just was swept away and it was perfect and then I got home and she got her visa and it was all uh, in hindsight one of the best days but also one of the worst days so <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, and, I, and to this day, I still haven't uh, recharged that phone because I'm still <laughs> taking yeah, hold of the magic of Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, still don't know if she's allowed in the country, but she's here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite nice, actually. This is going, not that um, Natalie is a big fan of musicals at all, really, but uh, this is, we're going to watch it, obviously, first thing. And hmm. this is going to be like, what that day should have been where we finally get to watch Hamilton together. Oh, that's, that's nice. adorable. Yeah. So that was a very long personal digression. I'll be amazed to see how you edit that down. Something listenable. I will double it. <laughs> reverb. Put an yeah. in there. Repeat a couple of points. <laughs> Set it to a beat. Do you want me to tell it again? Exact word. <laughs> So um, when you went into the show, um, were there any particular moments you were looking forward to sort of seeing performed on stage, like that you were most curious about? Besides all the you know stuff going on in your head at that point. Yeah, yeah I think I think the thing I was most interested in was to see how much the cast would would differ, like uh, because because I had the Broadway cast recording so ingrained in my. Mm. It was almost like a kind of muscle memory to know like what to expect in terms of cadence and inflection and that kind of thing. Like, yeah. it, um, I I suppose I was just interested to see how the the cast would have a different spin on the character because you you can't like the you know they the worst thing they could have done would be to try and replicate you know David Diggs and mm. uh, Leslie Odom Jr. and Lin Manuel and that kind of thing and so. I was kind of waiting to see how well I would kind of adapt to seeing fresh interpretations of characters that I felt like I knew really well. Um, and and I, I thought, um, and it, took, it actually did take some getting used to, particularly uh, Gilles Torreira as um, Burr, because that was, to me, the, the, the greatest difference in sort of yeah. interpretations of the character yeah. I thought he, he took some time to get used to um <clears throat> but i thought oh J- jamal westman is that his name 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the Hamilton. guy playing Hamilton <laughs> did a much better job than Lin Manuel Miranda, who I don't actually think is a very good singer or, or p- performer. He's just a, an exceptionally talented writer. <laughs> I don't know what you guys thought of the uh, the kind of the, the the British cast relative to the American one. Yeah, I think I was in the same boat with Burr at the beginning. I was like, oh, this isn't Burr, but then yeah. towards the end, I st- I I've often kind of wished that I could re-listen to, to his version because mm. I, I did love his voice by the it's end of it. a specific voice which really works yeah. well. Yeah. Surprisingly so. And he, I, I feel like he made Burr funnier as well. Like, rounded him out a bit more rather than just this kind of like you know, the obsession that mm. um, Leslie Odom Jr. brings to it. He, he added some notes of like humour and warmth that made me believe that like he actually kind of got on with Hamilton as well, that there was a, a form of friendship at first anyway. Yeah. Um, that I quite appreciated. Hmm. So um, what about uh, other musicals, uh, film-wise or stage-wise? What, what are your favourites, your least favourites? Mm. Do you have I'm not, anything? So, least favourites, I'm, I'm, I'm really not an Andrew Lloyd Webber fan. I, I just I don't think he's a great songwriter to be honest I mean look look, I I adored Cats but that was because, hey. of, because of how terrible it was oh. um, uh, <laughs> the the uh, what, you know the vision it takes to turn T.S. Eliot's stupid nonsensical poems into an even more nonsensical musical to then into an even more nonsensical film i just think i've never seen anything quite like that it was it was astonishing to watch um but by and large not a huge lloyd webber fan um i I saw his um sunset boulevard on stage i thought it was dreadful um but favorite i'm i let's focus on the good stuff yes um i mean hamilton's up there but uh seeing the lion king on stage um was the thing that got me into musicals properly um just the the vibrancy the the colors the the life the all of the emotions that they managed to pile into that and and to me it just captured the magic of a sort of live theatrical experience when you have this giant elephant puppet wander past you. Um, <laughs> but since then, uh, yeah, I've I've tried to see something every time I'm down in London. Uh, touring companies come up here from time to time, but the theatre that they play in is <laughs> really uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I, yeah, big fan of um, uh, Matilda. Um, Les Mis, I think, is... You know, I'm I'm fully on board with the hype for that musical. I know it's perhaps not a popular thing among like cool musical crowds, but um, I, I just... many. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you know how you get like like there are different levels of fandom in every media, in every medium, and then you you like you get to like the snobby level where it's like musical Twitter. Yeah, which I imagine I'm I'm not on it because I'm definitely still at the cursory level of like, oh hey that I I loved that um, yeah, uh, but 
Uh, yeah, I just think I think Les Mis is brilliant. Now, if you've ever tried reading that, <laughs> my goodness, Victor Hugo does not go anywhere in a hurry. Have you actually tried to read Les I, I got 700 pages into it. Um, Blimey. Yeah. Out of how many pages? Like 1,200. 1, um, oh, yeah, and, and it was... So he does this thing where he like has a plot bit and then a history bit, um, uh. and I I was like I'd got I'd muscled through like a bit of historical stuff and had been through this really satisfying length of plot stuff that was really rich in detail and um, just a really delightful read and then it just gr- absolutely grinds to a halt with some like chronicles of the Napoleonic Wars that I just, I, I was like, nah, I'm out. Sorry, Victor. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, but no big fan of lame is I'm blanking now on musicals that I love. Um, I mean, the, as I say, the Lion King is the one that, that competes with Hamilton for being my favorite musical. Um, well, when it comes to Andrew Lloyd Webber, you said you don't like him, but is that like a blanket? You you just don't like anything, or is there is there any wiggle room for say Jesus Christ Superstar, one of the best or musicals Phantom. ever made? Um, I, do you know actually, I've never, I've never seen or listened to, um, uh, Jesus Christ GCS. Superstar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the closest I've got is uh, Lindsay Ellis's compilation video of people singing the Y note <laughs> from Gethsemane. Um, <laughs> so that's that's as far as I've got with Jesus Christ Superstar. I I suspect. Oh, and I know the. Bum, 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 bum. Oh yeah. <laughs> I suspect I would not be a fan though. Um, I, I, I'm just gonna take a guess that it's a bit blasphemous. Uh, like I, so, I'm a I'm a committed Christian. I work for a church. Um, always a little like I don't know. I Andrew Lloyd Webber is just not the person I want writing about Jesus. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose so. I'll tell you. I mean, look, I'm being a bit facetious because <laughs> um, you know I'm a big fan of you know, the. Scorsese film, Last Temptation. Oh, you yeah. know, so I'm not. I'm not one of these like. You're not allowed to depict Jesus unless it's incredibly reverent. Um, <laughs> uh, I just no Andrew Lloyd Webber. I I just think his l- lyric writing is so clumsy. Like in the Sunset Boulevard one, he he rhymed Boulevard with Boulevard, and I just thought <laughs> you can you can do better. Well, in in uh, Macavity, they rhyme Macavity with suavity. Um, I think that's a T.S. Eliot line because it's still awful. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I, I believe that when he um, when he asked the estate of T.S. Eliot if he could do this, they said, "Yeah, but you can't really change T.S. Eliot's writing," and so the lyrics in Cats are, are pretty much lifted wholesale from the poetry. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I, I think memory is the one that they wrote themselves, um, and the rest is all pretty much unfiltered Elliot. Just like all good things, it always comes back around to cats. <laughs> Do you know? I I went back to the Sound of Music recently, having not watched it since childhood, and I was kind of worried that it'd be a bit 
dull. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I must confess, but do you know that one holds up? That that's still a really joyful piece of filmmaking. Um, I quite like to see that on stage. One day. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you guys? They still do uh, an occasional revival or tour. I'm very sure. And everyone comes dressed as nuns, like it's the cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Or worse, Nazis, I guess. So, dress as nuns. (laughs) Nazi nuns. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a low-budget film that's waiting to happen. (laughs) Revenge of the Nazis. Coming to Shudder. Revenge of the Nazi nuns. Well, I have to go and write a script. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> right. Do you know do you know what uh grinds my gears at the moment? One Ooh, of the what? best one of the best animated musicals of all time is of course Prince of Egypt. Yep. Um just undeniable banger after undeniable banger. Like to me it's pretty much up there as a perfect animated musical. Um I I was so excited to go see it on stage. Oh. Um, and then all of my friends were like, this is terrible. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, no. And and all of my Christian friends were like, this totally changes what the film was about and totally misses the point of the, the biblical narrative and that kind of thing, which I can, uh, you know, I would have been okay with it if a little disappointed, but then like the reviews were like, yeah, all of the Israelite slaves are like sexy white people um, <laughs> <laughs> looking incredibly well toned um, and the new songs are rubbish and that kind of thing. So I'm just a bit disappointed because I'd been waiting for so long for uh, a good stage adaptation of that. And it sounds like it's a bit of a stinker. I'd be surprised if that uh, came back when all of the theatres reopened, because I don't think it was doing terribly well. Well, let's try and end on a positive note, at least. Uh, are you excited for In the Heights next year now? Uh, I I almost cried at that trailer. Um, it's hard not j- to. <laughs> um, I saw it, they, I saw it on stage, they had a production that was in, like, a temporary, like, pop-up theatre at King's Cross. Mm. Oh, yeah, we went there. Uh, they were doing the, the railway station as well, which was sad yeah. I missed. Um, yeah. yeah, I saw the, um, saw the stage production there and it's it's a totally different like thing to to hamilton but um it looks like they've done an amazing job and and crucially it looks like they've been a bit inventive with their like staging of the musical sequences and and they're embracing the fact that it is a a musical so necessarily has flights of fancy and that kind of thing Mm, yeah Uh, and and i like i think that's how you you have to uh, adapt a musical is be like go full in on the fact that it is a musical and people are going to stop to sing and dance and not be ashamed of that and this feels like they have yeah they fully embrace the musical nature of yeah. it um, yeah you really need to do that in musicals and stuff like you know don't no. worry about the size comparisons between the cats and the furniture I mean... <laughs> can't believe you brought back to cats a third time like all good things, it always Caprice. comes back around cats. Um, I mean, like, I would be surprised. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. I would be surprised if In the Heights 
um, is is the kind of same caliber of film as Cats. Uh, I think it looks like they've done a good job. And didn't the director do some step up films? Yes, uh, yeah, John Chu. He did. Uh, was it the fifth step up? I believe he did uh, one. Of the, I think he did one of them in three D. Oh, hmm. that oh, that could be three. Um, ah. Which, if so, um, Step Up 3 is uh, the best of the franchise by some distance. And it has yeah. this remarkable single shot dance sequence um, where they roam the streets of, um, I think, Brooklyn. Um, let's see which Step Up. He did Step Up 4 Miami Heat. Oh, shame. Yeah. Not Step Up 3 by the looks of things. I oh, no, that's the producer. Wait. Ooh. Gotta look up his direct credits now. I'd never say he never. He did. He did Step Up 2, 3. Well, step then, Up 2, The Streets? Yeah, Step Up 2, The Streets. Oh, we're in good hands. This guy knows how to shoot a dance sequence. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, also Crazy Rich Asians, which uh, slaps. Wasn't a fan. Okay, There's well. always perfect wind on a positive note. <laughs> in the Heights. It's going to be magical. Can't wait. Um, and Anthony Ramos Jr. is good casting as a snarvy, So And, you know, Jimmy Smith's. Good morning, Rusnavi. Yeah. Oh, that voice. It's going to be real. It's going to be great. And I, I like that they've sort of brought it up to date um, to be about, you know, the dreamers and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, so, yes. Probably would have been a great film to have this summer, given what's going on. And I know. Rulings. I know. And, uh, what a mess. But I'm also glad that they're saving it for the cinema. I, I wouldn't want to watch that one on her. No, absolutely. It needs to be done height of the summer in the cinema with everybody there. Yeah sweaty and wait no <laughs> no no absolutely sweaty and doing whatever they want to do yeah well here's hoping that cinemas will be open again by next summer yes we'll and finally can... get to watch tenet <laughs> one day well now thank you very much for coming on uh, it's been an absolute pleasure thank you enjoy hamilton yeah. when we get around to it i can't wait yeah <laughs> oh Okay, well, I'm done talking to other people now. I don't like them anymore. I want to talk to you. I mean, it was interesting. It was, was nerve-wracking, but interesting. It was nerve-wracking. Talking to no one but me? No it's one nerve-wracking but... nerve-wracking to me. Uh, yeah, but hey, we're doing Hamilton. Wait, and... wait, who were you talking to? Jess Hewitt, for one. Who? Jess Hewitt, Jan and Dave. Wait a second. Have you opened your own radio? Was, what... was that your own radiator you opened? Yeah. Did you not come into this? Oh, I thought we had our radiators connected. If you heard me, then you were making your own voice like me. That's a strange epitaph. Well, I mean, it that's how I spend my days, is making your voice. And whenever and we're not together, we're still together. Johnny, I can't, I can't what watch kind of things do you make me say? I can't watch a film without doing a three-minute <laughs> preamble first. You're my you. favourite person in the world. Your thoughts on country music are interesting and your jokes are always funny. I mean, you don't need to say that because I say it for you. <laughs> I think you'll go quite far and you don't need to cut your hair and wear <laughs> a hat is cool. It's cool now. <laughs> exactly. Ringo's jealous of you. <laughs> He'll eat your face one day if you don't stop him. Oh goodness! To quote the Kemp's this much is true. <laughs> and do you know what else is true? Well, 
with watching Hamilton today? I mean, how excited are you? I, uh, here's the thing: you didn't particularly enjoy the stage play. Did that's you? the thing. I was so excited to see a full production of the music I loved, and the, watching the show itself just felt like, yeah, this is people on stage doing the thing I love. Mm. But I didn't see the staging as interesting, the choreography as fascinating. It didn't move me as a musical as it did a concept up when I heard it. Right. Well, but did, did the fact that it was, you know, one of your favourite concept albums um, being performed on stage, did that help at least? No. No? No, because I was trying to, you know, f- focus up and go like, right, be in the present, be in this moment, not the movement. And it just didn't work. Luckily, think- I, I sat there with my mother and she was really, you know, it blew her all away. And she'd heard the album before, right? Yeah, I yeah. played it a couple yeah. of times for her, so she knew some of the bits. Right. The emotional um, journey. She knew she was going to cry. So, do you think it might be a bit different with the original cast this time, as opposed to the London cast? I think it'll be a bit different because I'll be at home and I'm a bit more comfortable at home than I am with watching with other people because I find other people make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, whenever I see a live show. Whenever I see a live show, I feel uncomfortable because I feel like, mm, what are they getting the enjoyment they deserve out of this yet? Oh, I want to make Aww. sure everyone's having the best time they can, and then I'm not. It, it's the same when I go to a party. I want to make sure everyone's having the best time, so I don't have a good time. Oh, really, I, I remember a hug. You know, well, I remember going to a friend's thirtieth birthday, and we, me, and he went toe to toe drinking for like eight or nine hours, and everyone else right. just buggered off after a while. And then I was I was like, okay, right, I can be just happy, drunk, chilled out. And then immediately saw him try and jump in front of a taxi to hail down the taxi and had to go like, oh, shit, I've got to make sure he's okay. I've got to make sure he's happy and fine mm. and he has the best birthday party. So I've got to sober up within a couple of seconds. Yeah. And that's how I was the Hamilton. It's like, right, I can't. I've got to make sure I'm not ruining it for everyone. I've got to be actively not ruining it for everyone, which means I can't focus on being there myself. I fucking hate that. I just, All right, just so- head. So, so you, I'm just going to make sure excited? no one gets ruined by this podcast. So if, if the option had been available for you to watch it um, in in your home before the option, or like at the same time as the option to see it on stage... No, I would have gone to the opted. stage. I would like to see it live. I, oh, you, to, I, needed still... the, I needed to have been there and tried that out first. Yeah. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, do, you, do you think you... Do you think well, I would have then said, hey, you know what? Why don't we uh, get some different choreography going here? <laughs> I I have no issues with choreography. I'm I'm interested. I'm going to try and see it through your eyes and yeah. see if there is a uh, a problem with it. But for me, it's it's more about the music than the choreography. The choreography. That's the thing because we've got the music all the time on the album, but the choreography is why you then go and see it performed. You see the whole visual element as well. See when so it's the choreography and dancing. You don't need the. I'm not massive... saying it's a big spectacle. I'm just saying it has to be a bit more right. interesting. I find it besides like, you know, the room where it happened, where things are jumping up and down. The um the emotions that the actors bring to the roles. I don't care about emotion. I've never cared about I mean... emotion. I'm like a BG. <laughs> just emotion. See, like. You know, there's not much choreography in Burn, which is one of my favourite yeah, favorite exactly. songs. Yeah, exactly, that sucks. Um, 
but it's it's I still find it like so utterly powerful because of the way she emotes throughout the whole song. Okay, and but picture to she you. is so hurt. Picture to you, right? That they put her on a harness secretly, <laughs> and she starts lifting up around and throwing and throwing these letters into the crowd, and we thus become the fire fueling her. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, you said secretly. Is it secretly for us or secretly for her? Both. Did they not let every, her know? Every day is a different actress. Because God is a surprise and they have a heart attack. Oh, I thought every it was going to be... I thought it was going to be every night. It's the same actress, but they're like, no, no, we're not going to do it again. We promise. We're not going to oh, do it. Oh, yeah, we no, won't. she's got tattoos won't. all over to remind herself, you know, don't trust this man. Um, Go to this bar. And she, before she goes on stage, she double checks there's no harness on her. And then somehow, while she's singing, she's too preoccupied with singing and doing the, doing the lyrics. Well, you know how many someone you know, creeps celebrities would come and uh, watch Hamilton? Well, every day, George Clooney was there, the classic prankster, and he'd then do that as a prank. Because he knew it was so, important for America and his, <laughs> you know, staff. Would we see him in this? Or would he be dressed in green so they could edit him out later? Wait, would he be dressed in just, green? You see a harness, like, floating through the air and cooking himself to her. No, he walks out on the stage. He says, "What else?" Drinks <laughs> a little bit of uh, coffee, and then points you to a thing at the bottom, which then offers you the option to instead of watching Hamilton, now watch Tomorrowland. <laughs> and then the show right. continues. Okay, I will concede that <laughs> that would be fun to watch. A bit it's more well choreography beyond. in that sense would it be is. fun to watch. <laughs> It's like, oh, hello has a bunch of, you know, celebrity cameos every time. But they had too much tuna. It's just, who could oh, be the man. celebrity pranksters? <laughs> Ashton Kutcher, you punk them. I just can't stop thinking about that. Steve would come on. Every single night going, no, 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 it's not going to happen. We promise it. It's not going to happen. And somehow managing for like. <laughs> not every night. <laughs> Sometimes matinees. Ooh. That's twice a day's. <laughs> True. <laughs> Oh, Matinee's, it's going to be even harder to convince her. It's definitely not going to happen tonight. Look, there it happened this act- afternoon, but not tonight. Because it was set in motion. Usually Yo Gabba Gabba take over the studio on the <laughs> afternoon, and they love their harness work. Okay, so that was just an accident. It would never happen in the evening, we promise. And you think, okay, right, they're going to go to the White House and perform for Obama. Everything's going to be very neutral. Everyone's just going to be standing there, right? <laughs> no! Which... And what about for the room where it happens? Every time he tries to get into the room where it happens, he's got ice skates on and there's ice on the floor. Yeah, but every time he's trying to get in the room where it happens, he's got ice skates on and there's ice on the floor. And what's that? Oh, it's Tonya Harding's best friend. <laughs> what's he got? A crowbar? Uh-oh. <laughs> I think he's going, I want to be in the room where it happens. and just oh, getting right past. Richard Jules, you know the man and the truth. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, your version of Hamilton does sound exciting. This is I why must I admit. enhanced into uh, being part of the development of the movie version. I feel like we can make it better. Well, We're just famous people. I don't want anyone who's not famous to be in Hamilton. I, I think we should give this version of Hamilton a try. Otherwise, we don't have a 200th episode. Um, and I think you should, you should open your mind a bit more and, and try to accept that this is Hamilton and just, just no, just... no, this is Halloween. Long musical, but that would be interesting. 
would it? Jack Skeleton turning up. <laughs> Which wait, would he be the king? Pumpkin King. Because we king king king. Jesus. Is that what you're doing? I can't, I can't work out with you. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what we're doing anymore. Don't know anymore. You broke Hamilton. Should we? I think we should. Is that it? That's that. And this is this. This is Hamilton. This podcast has just been non-stop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. out of the room for a couple of hours. What did I miss? <laughs> oh, there's a song in that. Is there? Um, you, got, you said you got a notepad. Was... What, have you got a song on your notepad yet? No, <laughs> just notes on my notepad. It's not a song pad, it's a notepad. Okay, um, right, I'm, I'm finding the beat, you can the harmony. <laughs> I'm not doing it. There's no way. I can't rap to save my life. Um, did, how was the sound for you? During that whole thing, I mean, I had it on mute because I feel like the real <laughs> way to watch musical is to see every enunciated lip syncing. So I can, I can just, I put the uh, <laughs> thing on my iPod, I just blasted the music right. instead, and I tell you, it did not sync up. Well, see, for I me... did not. I did. I should admit that I did put the uh, U2 album on. <laughs> Both U2 see, albums, Songs of Innocence is Act One, Songs of Experience is Act Two. Obviously, see, for me, it was. Um... I, I couldn't really hear what they were singing because the second it started... Oh, because they were rapping? No, no, it wasn't. It was <laughs> cliche. But um, no, the second it started, Lin-Manuel Miranda came in, sat behind me and started singing SOS. Well, that seems to be what you always do, though. Yeah. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what film you're watching. Yeah. You, you should, I feel like you should get used to that, like a white noise situation. I know, but... You just blot it out of your ears. I thought this was the one time he'd let me watch it, you know, because I was watching him on screen. Mm. But but no. Yeah, but even more so then, because he wants you to have a disorientating feeling. I know the voice would come out of that <laughs> face, but it's not matching up with the way the mouth is moving from that face. And so <laughs> now my world doesn't make any sense. So now I'm going to have to go and watch it again, and then he's going to sneak in like a little school go, <laughs> <laughs> go again. and do it all over. Yeah. <laughs> it's plan. It's how he's going to get through the rest of quarantine. <laughs> sneaking into your house every couple of hours, sitting there, and go, hey, watch this. Um, so when we got halfway through, we were in the interval, and there was one minute where we could speak. We, we weren't, we weren't uh, in sync. We were slightly out of sync the first yeah. act. It's actually completely in sync the second act. Were we? Yep. Oh, I put I the could... headphones on a couple of times 
when you had and have found your uh, you then had your microphone on a cup once twice all right start at the end and we were still perfectly in sync at the end oh yeah um but when we were, when we spoke during the intermission uh you said you were enjoying it more yeah. this time so uh do go on what 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 made you enjoy it more this time do you think there's a scale to the show which when you're just sitting there sometimes it just drops and it gets big and then gets small and gets big and gets small and i don't care for that on shows all right because you're sitting there you're stuck in one place yeah and they're, trying, they're almost hiding away from you at times yeah whereas yeah. with this the camera can move in and out and get us closer to the action which is what i've always loved more about cinema than theater is that you can find the shots yeah you want and if you don't like them throw them away Whereas there on stage, you just kind of have to sit there and take it, which is, I mean, that's why I loved watching In the Heights, because we watched it and we were, the audience was sat in 360 around the stage. And so they were performing around everywhere. So everything was big. Everyone was jumping towards the crowd in that way. So it always felt like there was an active participation of us just being engaged across the board. But then there's also the 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 thing, there's also the thing with uh, In the Heights, uh, like I said, was the 360 thing. Yeah. We're missing things because we're looking... Yeah, we're so right. entranced with how much is going on that we miss things on the other side. Yeah. And but yeah, that doesn't bother you as much. No. No, I'll, I'll okay. take missing things rather than seeing so much that I can't... Don't yeah, know where I, to look, yeah. I, I get bored and I want to focus on something different. I'd yeah. rather be over-indulged and stimulated than under-stimulated. And I'm always understanding, Johnny. It's been a very unstimulating time. One of the first things I noticed was uh, no cheer for uh, Hamilton's entrance. Yeah, do you know why? Why? No one likes him. <laughs> he comes out and like, hey, look at me. Well, and I was like, I was... God, but you're sitting behind me seeing SOS at the same time. <laughs> Stop it. I know. I yeah, was quite, I was quite surprised. I thought there'd be a, a huge, huge cheer for him. The I second he does comments, Alexander Hamilton. Like uh, 8 a.m. today when they started watching and going, that's weird. There was a thunderous applause when I went to see it. The very yeah. strange recording choice. But I think it's better to have a lower applause tempo thing. I mean, obviously for immigrants, we get the job done and a couple of David stuff. Yeah. Have the big blasts of laughter and applause because that's the important stuff. But just for appearance of a character... Especially someone who has to be built up, really, because you're watching his story. It shouldn't be a big, like, oh, there he is, and let's watch it. It should be like, okay. Yeah. And then it's his journey to the point where you want to applaud. As oh, yeah, no, no. Christopher Jackson comes in, it's like, here comes the general, and everyone applauds. Yeah. It's like, yeah, here he is. Yeah, and this no, guy I, storms I... the fuck in. Sorry, the <laughs> in. <laughs> I completely get that. Um, so, what, did they use a, a shot, like, with no, no audience well, they that recorded time they recorded specific stuff for this version. They recorded they recorded the three or four shows over three nights, right. three nights, and also recorded some ver- some bits, you know, some musical numbers and some insert shots specifically for the video. Oh, with no audience, okay. No audience, no. So they could get the intimacy and the closeness of some of the things. Yeah. So when he first starts, when he first appears, it's a real close up. They weren't going to yeah. have a camera on the stage. Really <laughs> yeah, that's show. right. Those are the moments where, obviously, they do it after the fact. Do you imagine that? Alexander Hamilton. Where, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> is he behind Joe or Sal? 
big camera with a on massive stage. red light on it. <laughs> um, but like, I think it was hard to kind of. There was there's no way to really uh, notice. Like, oh, this is from a different. You know, you can't. You can't. No, that's kind of the practice of rehearsals. Yeah. Which if, I kind of liked. Every, just, every, you know, dance is choreographed so they all land on the right marks. Yeah. Every line is uh, rehearsed to the point where they should be able to sing it with their eyes closed, but they shouldn't sing it with their eyes closed because you want to see the emotion in the eyes. Philippa Zou definitely has that going on all over her performance. Good God. Wow. You know, it's... That's what actors do. Um, you know, one, you open up a suitcase, that's what the money's for. That was the, that was the first thing I noted down. No cheer for Hamilton's for Ham's entrance. Um, wow, sorry, it's A dot Ham. A dot Ham. You know this. Um, I'm just write it down. My obedient servant. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> and of one of the, uh, when Burr says, uh, "I'm the one thing I can control." Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about that just, just jumped out on me. Just the way he I, Burr's whole performance with Leslie Odom Jr. is. Perfect. He 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 strikes the balance. Just that is, you know, that's a year and a half worked in performance, yeah, yeah. and you feel every beat. Oh yeah. But at once it flows. It just flows through him ethereally. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, everyone's so good in this version. Um. Did you also notice? Was it in uh, Guns and Chips uh, where so, Hamilton says "Chica blah"? And it says in the subtitles, imitate explosion. Can't sing yeah. along to that. I know. <laughs> I tried to say, imitate explosion. <laughs> Didn't work, so I just went chicka blah. Yeah. Rap, rap, rap. Much better, much easier. Um, also, Hamilton's Call Me Son One More Time was yeah. powerful. He was angry. He was hella angry. Although, you know who else was loud? Louder in this version? Go on. Hamilton! Wrote the other fifty-one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize Al Pacino came out for that moment, but uh, hey, if you're going to get someone to do it, and then he started talking about his great ass. Oh, <laughs> come see Jack and Jill in a repertory screening. Um, let's Round talk about corner. let's talk about what really Help didn't work ass. though. Was the missing fox? Yeah. Yep. Flicker, flicker. Uh, Democratic Republicans. When you knock me down, I get the, the back up again. Get the back up again. And it it really did. It was yeah, just it like they muted it. But it, it. But also they muted it, but covered it over with other bit of dialogue moments. So, when you knock me down, I get the get up again. Yeah. It was just awkward. I just, that's when you get the Missy Elliott style flipper flipper. Yeah. It just sounds good to have because you've already got the record scratches all over. The bloody piece. It's part of the uh, texture of the music is to have the yeah. So you knock me down and get the up again. Yeah, great, perfect, simple. What was the one that got through? Because I didn't. It didn't. I didn't. No, there was there was never one that got through. There were only two word, two versions, two actual drops of the word fuck in the entire show. Anyway, but when they said there were the multiple ones, sometimes they they, he was referring to the you know it was my wife. You decided to fuck. That's the that's one they're, that's one they talk about. That's what they refer to as, and also, sit down, John, you fat mother bleep. Those two, they refer to, even oh, though they that's... don't actually have the courage of the convictions. 
it's just like watching Live Free or Die Hard, which uh, <laughs> stars Timothy Oliphant, who I'm not watching now on a 4K screen, pretending to be uh, another actor against Leonardo DiCaprio. Because that'd be a film you would watch and not me. <laughs> I really want to watch that now. Um, well, I mean, one way to celebrate 200 episodes. It was. A... It? I don't oh, know. Yeah. You could have watched a better film. Wait, did you? Would you not watch this again? Are you... Well, you're going to watch this again tonight. I'll watch surely. this again, but you know what? We could have been watching instead. If what? we wanted to watch something we'd already watched before, I mean, we've got 199 odd episodes we could have gone through again. We could have well, they gone away back to the start and rewatched The Burbs. We could have watched Cats again, couldn't we? Well, we, we've watched Cats twice for this podcast. That's a different thing. Third time's a charm. No, That's what they say, isn't it? No, it's not. They say third time is less charming than it ever before. If you thought you would eventually scrub charm into your eyeballs from watching Cats, you can't. You cannot. You know, we could have made, we could have made this up. episode lucky and watched Cats a third time because it's third time lucky. We could have watched Magnolia, which is longer than <laughs> Hamilton. Or Once Upon a Time in America, which is longer than Hamilton. Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which is around the same time as Hamilton. <laughs> um, the only shame was that we weren't together watching this. Because it would have been much more fun watching this together. Well, I have a question for you before we get to any questions. Because we okay. had ourselves on mute and took our... I assume you took your headphones off as well, because there's no point if we were both muted. Yeah. So you could hear it properly. Were you singing along? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. How many songs did you sing along to? Um, can't say how many songs. I, just in and out every now and then. We, you know. we just non-stop. Non-stop, yeah, pretty much. So was I. Um, how can you not? Oh, no, I didn't sing along to Burn. Because oh no, that's not that's that's for a woman to sing, and Johnny. As far as I know, and as far as you've shown me, you're not a woman. Oh no, I only sang the women parts. Yeah, but you're not a woman. Exclusively the the women parts. Exclusively the women parts in men's songs. Yeah. (laughs) Satisfied and helpless. The manly songs. Yes. Songs with balls. (laughs) Up to five of them that you can throw around. (laughs) What you do with them, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what what questions did you have? You said before we get to the questions. Oh, well, the big question, of course, is the one we'll get to at the end of the podcast. Yeah. That's not the point. That's the only yeah. other question. Before I get to the questions. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. I thought you questions. I was, oh I was no, I'm not like, because my mouth is bad, and I've not seen another human being for ages, and I dislike the fact that I'm never going to see anyone again. Oh, don't say that. Well, what's the point? I'm outside, let me in. I'm helpless. Oh. Look at your eyes. I'm so into you. Uh, did you, I can I kind of forgot about the whole segment um, with uh, the death of uh, I can't remember his name. John Who, yeah, yeah, because uh, you know I only saw that bit once, and that was on stage. So I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's like, well, oh, the yeah. Disney version of it would be, oh shit. Because they say oh shit. Yeah, they do actually. I was quite surprised at that. They got it all in there, except, you know, Republican, yeah, Southern motherfucking Democratic Republicans. Do you think this is ever going to get a release on Blu ray and don't have the fucks in there? I assume eventually they will do a version, but they won't have the fucks in there because Disney got it. Oh, do you think? Yeah. 
Oh, I was hoping they might release an unrated version or something. If Disney want to then offer it to, uh, you know, the adult Disney brand, call it, put it under Fox or yeah. Touchstone or something like that, or, God forbid, Miramax. <laughs> they don't own Miramax anymore. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day. The uncut, X-rated, probably still technically PG-13 rated. Hopefully. Because, again, two F-words in two and a half hours. Brief. They just say brief, strong language, and they get away with it. Yeah. It's that shit. Yeah. But when the movie comes, obviously it's going to be a hard R, because you've got to have how can you say no to this fully. You know, you've got to see actual penetration. Oh, yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> and speaking of actual penetration, all Yorktown has to have Last a lot more. is Hamilton. Good. Um, Aaron Burr when... narrates and posits the idea that actually history is akin to the metamorphosis of a lamb into a lion. When the actual film it starts off out. innocent and eventually becomes a preying on its own in order to survive, it destroys any symbol of hope in order to become the ferocious warrior that will lead on through the generations. Yeah, I can see it happening. And then to um, cut it with Matt Dillon just staring there going, why the fuck am I here? <laughs> when, um, when the actual film comes out, uh, like the Hollywoodized version... The, 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 that... the fictional uh, retelling. Yes. The full narrative feature. <laughs> um, is that going to have to be a Disney product now? No. Or they don't have the this... uh, rights to Hamilton. They have the rights to this right, okay. film. This film. And they paid 70, was it $70 million just yeah. for this? Worth it. Worth it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course it's worth it. Everyone's talking about it. True. 56 yeah. seconds ago, Philippa Sue just tweeted about it. Um, I Ooh, Watch party, 7pm yeah, Eastern um, time. What is that over here? 7pm Eastern. Is that 1am? 1, 1 That's like it is. 8 hours after 4. 8 hours after 4. Midnight. Okay. We're talking the sexiest time of all, Midnight. Which that. is, as we know now, six hours before pubs open. <laughs> oh, because God, yeah. the world is fucking busted and everything is broken and bruised and horrible. Uh, we're recording this the day before Independence Day. Which yeah. is the right day to watch it in England because it's the day to remember the last day we had clutches on America. Where they're yeah. like, uh-uh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, we're, we're our own thing now. We're going to be led by Donald Trump. It's going to work. Um, what do you think about King George? Yeah, um, I'm not a monarchist. I'm not well, a, a spittle from him. I'm not I'm a fucking democratic republican, but I am a bit of a republican. <laughs> uh, yeah, Groff gives it hard. He really does. Very enjoyable. He really He's Jonathan is. Groff. I love Jonathan Groff. Who can <laughs> not love Jonathan Groff? I love Boss. I love Boss season two, and he was great in Boss season two when he made his appearance. So I can't deny. He just, yeah, he parades around at the end, finally, giving it all. So one thing I don't like is how he, uh, with his big fun opening song, has to mm. stand stoic. Yeah. Really he should just be just la-da-da-da-da and just doing the inner version of himself, dancing around, parading around like he owns the place. I suppose, but I guess and it's then still putting, And then putting the facade back on for the end part of it when he demands everyone else sing along and does it for him. Yes. Then it's yeah. like, right, <clears throat> serious time. <laughs> but, you know, when yeah, I make my I version. Suppose. 
Um, I mean, how like, was Dear Theodosia for you? Um, I know that's your like your favorite. Uh, wait for it in Hurricane, my favorite. Yeah, but it's like one of your like top. It's I, like, top, you know. I'd probably say top fifty songs on the track. <laughs> it's a bold statement. Mm. Um, yeah, I liked it. I I think it was so. No, it wasn't really close, was it? Uh, I was going to say it's so close to uh, Burn, but it's not. <laughs> In time, it's not. But like, burn. yeah, I don't know. Burn, burn is just <laughs> burn, burn. Yeah, I suppose. Um, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm very much looking forward to rewatching it. I'm. Uh, I've I've convinced my sister to finally watch it. Yeah, uh, but it won't be till next week. Um. So I'm, I'm, by then you'll be memorised all the new versions yeah uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to see how emotional I get watching it next week having watched it a million times over during the, the week in between a million times is that possible? well not with that dude. how many times are you going to have to well, how many devices do you have to have it on all the time? <laughs> that's the question well I've got my laptop my iPhone, my iPad, yeah, um, and a TV. Okay, so I can have it on at least four times. I think what other devices. Now, if you put it on your laptop, and also you Skype with me, and I put it on my phone, my TV, yeah, my iPad, and aim it towards the camera of the laptop, so it's on your screen at least three times there as well. Would that help? Yeah, we're up to seven. There we go. Could you convince someone across the street to play it on something? At you? Um, perhaps that, that could be. I can see into the windows across the street. If I, yeah, you can. If I have and you know what that means? They can see into yours. Oh, yeah. So keep it tight. <laughs> yeah, we can We can get up to 10, I imagine. I can right. borrow my sister's phone. Which means you only really have tablet. to watch it 100,000 times. On her laptop. There we go. Yeah, I mean it's feasible. I think it is totally feasible. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? What else are you gonna do? Exactly. <laughs> well, I, you'll probably be glad to know I'm already uh, doubting whether I should go to the cinema tomorrow or not. Good. All do week leading up to it, I've been like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. But then I, I keep reading more and more about uh, um, ventilators. And I'm yeah. like, oh god, because <laughs> I didn't. Did, was it you I was talking to? Like, um, yeah, I only that stuff. I I only recently discovered what a ventilator was. Really? Because uh, I I always thought it was just like a a mask, you know, um, a gas mask or something. Um, oh no, it's a lot more than <laughs> a gas mask. But yeah, it's. Uh, do you know what I think of is um, scrubs. One of the early episodes where they, where they, um, uh, was it Elliot doesn't, can't put the ventilator in. Yeah. And I always remember seeing that. Yeah, that was it. That's what it is, isn't it? You stick that big fucking metal thing down and I was like, oh God. Yep. Well, because it's, it's, it's making your lungs work for you. It's directly, it's actively having to do that for you because you can't do it yourself. You're not strong enough to do that yourself. Yeah. For some reason, I never realized that's what it was. And then when I, oh, I'm just going to read a, a list of films that the Genesis Cinema have. Yes. 
Right, I don't want Trolls in my film. We've got but... Trolls, I'll, I'll guess it eventually, but we've got Trolls World Tour. Right. Which you love, obviously, because Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah. And country music. Country yeah. music, and he doesn't play racist at all. <laughs> uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Which, of course, you love because, you know, you've got to go fast. Yeah, that reminds me of you. Onward, which, of course, you love because you can watch it on Disney Plus in America. Yes. Jumanji, the next level, which you love, of course, because your effusive love of Danny DeVito and Danny Glover and what if the two Dannys were also pretending to be a horse and Aquafina at some point. Also, I do have a thing for redheads and Karen Gillan, so... Specifically redheads and Karen Gillan? Or Karen yes. Gillan also redheads? Specifically so she... redheads and Karen Gillan together. Yeah. Karen Not Gillan. separately. Never separate. Oh, no. When she's, you know, bald. Oh, <laughs> no, that's... I can never watch the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy films. No, it's nebulous. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the Future. You've never seen it before. It's never on ITV, so you wouldn't. So you want to go and see that when you can. I've heard it's got a bad script. It's one of the worst scripts ever written or something, isn't it? It's so bad that the second one, they have to go back and rearrange everything to oh, apologise really? for it. Oh, yeah. God. Embarrassing. Parasite. Um, don't know what happened there. Just a strange <laughs> film. Just got inside everybody. Festered. Just Mercy, the a, film we all love. Is it a Peach Eatalon screening of Parasite? No, you're thinking of calling by your name. Uh, not eating. Was that only eating? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I did it wrong last time. No, you did it just right, my friend. I am well, your you Negro, helped. which was on BBC the other week, so you're definitely going to watch it there. Oh, yeah. Memento. Oh, I've got it tattooed on myself not to watch that again. Is it any good? It, which chapter? Knives Out. Which is that all on um, Amazon Prime at the end of the month? Time. So we can all not watch it there. Yep. Moonlight. Can't oh, you mean La La Land? The one that won the Oscar? Yeah, the one that won the Oscar. The one we all love. The uh, film about Mahershala Ali. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then the guy holds pizza. <laughs> Queen and Slim. I enjoyed Queen and Slim. Iconic duo. Did you see Queen and Slim? Sorry, a couple of months before it came out. Did you like it? Batman Begins. <laughs> Good film. What, Batman Begins or Queen yeah, and Slim? Right of them. All right. <laughs> Do the right thing. Which I've not seen. Blackwater Abyss. Which, which I believe is seen. near San Luis Abyss. Both. <laughs> And that's the film choices. Those are all the film choices. Those are all your film choices. I can't wait to go to the cinema to watch some of these films that I already own in 4K, so have a better quality. All right, so... Without getting killed. Say you have to go to the cinema and see you one have of those to films. Go to the cinema which... And see one. <laughs> um, which one would you go see? Well, probably Batman Begins out of those, because that's a good film. Is it in 35mm? No. The only... The only one of oh, all yeah. the options in 35mm was the Prestige. That was only available yeah. on 35mm. Oh, uh, yeah. I uh, can, you, can you guess which one I was planning to go see? Trolls World Tour. I just... I did say that. <laughs> did you really think I was going to go see Trolls World Tour? Yeah, because you saw it once. And you're like, you know what? It's not as good at home. I want to experience it on the big screen so I can sing along to all the songs I kind of knew beforehand. Strangely enough, no, that wasn't the one I was going to go see. Do you not like Rob Funches? Um, um, I still might see this. 
<laughs> I was thinking of going to rewatch uh, Parasite. The Coldplay musical. Yes. Could be power. Power. Parasite. I uh, I don't, yeah, I'm still debating whether to, because I kind of just want to get out of the flat a bit, that's all. More than anything. And, and especially now that Cineworld is not opening until the 31st of July. Um, Which is in a couple of days' time. <laughs> True, I suppose. Well, for um, now, at time of recording, which is a month beforehand, because, hey, programming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... Because I had been sort of leaning back towards that. Ah, don't bother going to the Genesis, yeah. because Sydney World opens on the 10th. Um, and then they and maybe we should put masters on our servers and our stuff all of a sudden they realise yeah. maybe that would be a good thing after saying no we don't want to do that we want everyone to die I mean very cheap funeral I think you know the only reason that they've pushed it back is because of the no release dates for the big films and, yeah, and it's like opening up it's the one opportunity you've got oh, to, yeah. to show older films and classics and you know, to, ex- to broaden your horizons a bit. Yeah. Oh, shame. So yeah, jury's still out on whether I will go tomorrow. Whether I can even be bothered in the end. I'll probably stay up late tonight and rewatch Hamilton at the live, live uh, tweet-along thing. Well, maybe you'll give us an update, uh, hopefully at the same time as we get an update from Jan and Dave, as to whether they enjoyed Hamilton. Yes. And Which if reminds me, I still need to rewatch, rewatch. I still need to watch Sextet before we have an update from Jan and Dave. Well, maybe you should find it. We watch it together and do that as uh, episode 2000, <laughs> 2000, 2000, episode 2000, year old man, episode 200A. 200A? Yeah. I'd be up for that. Would you Would be you? up for that? <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch I'll, it anyway. I'd watch it, I just don't want to record a podcast on it in case, you know, I don't make it more than five minutes <laughs> I mean we've sat through worse, I'm sure I've not seen yeah, that yet, but I'm sure we've sat through worse uh, I have, it's called Cats and you made me sit through it a couple of times <laughs> Damn, was... that was my other that yeah. was the other thing I was going to say at the beginning why is that not showing recording, but... oh. <laughs> No, post, how is that not bringing of, all the audiences in the beginning of this post post watch recording yeah, um, I had hey. two options one was to go down the Lin-Manuel Miranda was sat behind me route and one was to just go so let's talk cats <laughs> and I completely forgot about it until now well God, you know we what? Watch cats again. I wish you made none of those choices <laughs> because both is bad Get on with talking about magic of musicals again with Jan and Dave Thomas. Brilliant. Thank you for having us back. Well, thank you for doing the homework. <laughs> the, the home, to be fair, I've had more difficult homework than than watching than watching Hamilton. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the one that convinced us that you know oh. that that musicals are the. the <sighs> The, the 
but it was well, thanks for joining us um <laughs> <laughs> i think it's fair to say you know and i i'm glad i watched it and i thought it was good and i was really impressed with how clever it is and how well put together it is and all of those things yeah but it certainly didn't make me think oh god i wish i'd paid 100 quid for a ticket to go and see this live even with you know jonathan groff and lin-manuel miranda i still would have been like i don't think this is 100 pounds well spent <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the the, the thing well the few things impressed me about it but the the thing i thought was incredibly clever is what they what they do with taking um an incredibly kind of complex and long and kind of labyrinthine piece of history um and doing it pretty like as an opera for in you know whatever it is three hours and and actually not losing the audience um because it makes perfect sense um mm. it, it is really clever and and i think that's the thing that i sort of do admire about lin-manuel Miranda is that all of his stuff is very clever um mm. you know and if you you look at the stuff that he's done for you know on like the tonys and things mm. you know it's all it's it's all really ingenious um but as jan said i, I yeah i i i found it enjoyable i wasn't really kind of getting the what why is everyone obsessed with this <laughs> <laughs> like why why are people going you know why are people going back to see it like multiple times I, like that for me and I, and you know and again the kind of the um the audacity in the best possible way of kind of taking that story about you know the kind of creation of the united states and, and doing it with a you know a non-white cast is you know and in with that musical style is is really extraordinary so i kind of i appreciate all of those things about it but you know, I'm kind of, and again, you know, like like Jan said, you know, I enjoyed watching it for the the however many hours it was that it was on. <laughs> okay, because um, because it was a it was a long old thing. Um, but yeah, the sort of the rewatchability for me, I was kind of, you know, I don't know. But then again, it's like a lot of things when you come to it after the, you know, the the avalanche of hype do you yeah. then you know you don't then discover it and go oh that was cool yeah um, i must tell other people about it you know yeah. yeah and we've certainly had that a few times actually we've had that a few times with with musical type things so um like la la land you know it's been you know yes when, when we saw that lff that had been you know we, we had been like hammered for several months we like this is the hottest ticket in the festival this is amazing you know and we went into it having loved whiplash and mm. you know being fans of damien giselle and just kind of coming out and going really <laughs> I, I remember with um with la la land i was doing the press screening for lff and um the oh, one gosh. before it was at the um the view and we were watching nocturnal animals and it was wrapping up and you could feel it was wrapping up and everyone around us was just like kind of picking up their bags slowly because we all had to run to the picture house. <laughs> and, like you should have seen, like I was right next to the door as well, so I, I was one of the first out. But I still only got to the corner of the road, and like someone behind me dropped a massive folder of all papers, and everyone just like ran past him, like he's a lost cause. <laughs> run, run closer. <laughs> So there's crazy. one Tom Ford fan in the cinema at the end, just standing alone. <laughs> Where's everyone gone? Yeah, it was it was crazy. Like, and 
I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before with LFF. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that press screening was, was you know, most we, we, as just kind of going to the regular screenings, but I mean, even we were like, the queuing how far? Yeah, oh, the yeah. pictures of the queue and what time the queue started and like all of this stuff. It was uh, in in LFF legend. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like it was the only time you'd ever be able to see it. Yeah, like it's yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. They're burning the print immediately after this. <laughs> you, you just wish they had. I, no, I wish they burned the print before. <laughs> um, so did you? Did, did not need to see Ryan Gosling saving jazz. <laughs> um, did you have any uh, any highlights? Any particular songs that stuck with you, Earworms? I have found I don't know what it's called. The song that Jonathan Groff sings keeps come oh, like popping in my head. Yeah. yeah, just that yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was actually going to say because I, I hadn't really kind of clicked on anything particularly. Um, until but you mentioned that yeah so that, I, that, I didn't think i i don't think i, I guess, liked it but it just i it kept coming back in my head and i was like what is that tune from yeah <laughs> yeah and i probably i mean i guess probably like my shot but then they keep revisiting that during the show and yeah. also i think they'd heard that before because that's kind of whenever lin-manuel miranda went on anything like a talk show wasn't right it? that would inevitably be the thing <sighs> yeah that got played or he would do a bit of or something you know so i think that's kind of probably but but yeah i mean nothing nothing really stuck in my head yeah because i was surprised because often with these kind of things that you've sort of heard some of the stuff without realizing that you heard it mm. but i was surprised watching it it's like no none of none of this is in any way familiar to me yeah all right and we don't um, i mean it's probably played on the sort of thing that we we as old people that don't you know without our finger on the pulse of pop culture don't listen to but it's but, the kind of thing that you know they play in the background in the members bar at picture house central and you know just just places yeah. you happen to be and you don't realize you've listened to it that's what i meant okay you know, yeah that not that we that that you know we would have watched something with it but more it yeah. was you know it's the sort of background noise. Like there was that when Carol came out, just everywhere we seemed to go, we seemed to be playing the Carol. Oh, the Carol soundtrack. Score, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Did you have any? Um, did you get emotional at all? You know, during um burn and sort of <laughs> really especially the last few moments. Yeah, slightly, slightly, slightly misty-eyed towards the end, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it was moving. It was good. This is the thing. It's not bad. I thought it was okay. good. It wasn't the thing that I was like, oh, wow, this was amazing, which is kind of what I secretly hoped it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, so much better than what I was, I was expected. I was like, you know, I thought it was really great, and I'm glad I watched it, but, yeah, one and yeah. done. Yeah. Oh, I, really? I, I, I can't. <laughs> Can't, yeah, I can't imagine the circumstance of sort of going and watching it again. Yeah, particularly because it is so long. Yeah. Yeah. Did, and did it, you watch it all in one go? Or? Yeah. Because yes. I've, I've introduced it to a couple of people now and like, you know, socially distanced, of course. Um, and sometimes they're like, oh, we watched the first act and then we stopped. We'll watch the second act tomorrow night. And I'm like, but I want to talk to you about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah a lot of people have been doing that kind of thing, just taking yeah. it in two. Right. Which I understand, it's but it's fine. It's a it's lot annoying. to take in. But yeah, yeah. Fine. I, I think from a film perspective, I, I struggle with that as a concept. Yeah, mm. it's, yeah, yeah, it's meant to, see to it as be a show. consumed. I mean, if we, yeah, if we had actually yeah. gone to to see it at the theatre and you know sort of remortgaged our house and what have you, um, <laughs> we, 
we we would have seen it all in one go. Yeah. And we did pause it at the intermission and make a cup of coffee or whatever, you know, much like would have in the in in the theatre. But yeah, it's like, well, this piece was designed to be consumed in one sitting. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Was the creative intention, and it would be disrespectful unless I was going to turn it off. Yeah. Then then I'm going to watch the whole thing. Yeah. Exactly the opposite of I I don't know Kill Bill. Who knows what that was designed for? <laughs> I've got some thoughts on that, but that's probably, <laughs> that's probably another podcast. Indeed, indeed. So, Johnny, well, we want yes. to hear from Sextet. <laughs> I was just about to say to thank you for watching Hamilton and at least accepting it. <laughs> um, I suspect I we probably had a better experience than you did. <laughs> I did sit and watch Sextet. It took a while to get get to get access to it. Um, right. But yeah, the laws of the universe try to stop you. Yeah, I tried to. I tried to order it on Amazon, and then it wouldn't let me because I had a UK card. Because um, I was right. using VPNs and stuff. And then when I started on YouTube, about eleven minutes in, it just stopped. Um, <laughs> so you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it, was trying to and, Yeah, and during that eleven minutes, a lot of it was like buffering. It was. It was like it was like holding me back. Um, <laughs> Uh, but Don't do my, it, <laughs> My goodness, I you know I know you warned me, but I went into this still thinking I think I'm gonna have some fun with it, and I like the idea of it. You know, I especially liked um, uh, Timothy Dalton like basically uh, coming out on uh, live TV, and then not realizing what he's done, and they're trying to keep him away from his new wife, his new uh, wife. Yeah, um, but. Uh, I just, I, it was painful. Yes. <laughs> That's all I can say about it. It was just utterly, utterly painful. And Mae West, you could tell she was like getting the lines fed into her ears every single time. <laughs> yep. And if, and even when she sang, it was, she wasn't singing, she was talking. Yep. She, the, the way she does baby face, I just, I've still got it going in my head like a, <laughs> a nightmare. Um... <laughs> It's, yeah, it, I think it, it felt longer than Hamilton, and it was only an hour and twenty-eight minutes. That's, um, that's probably that's probably fair. Yeah, I, yeah, I, and I really went in. I was even halfway through. I was like, no, no, there'd still be some fun moments, and even like the songs were very spaced apart. And when they did happen, it was like, oh no, this isn't a song. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I, I love I love the fact that Timothy Dalton comes at it as well. Like you know, he's sort of he, it's something that from the RSC. It's you know he's he's giving it his all. Yeah, but what he's giving his all to is singing "Love Will Keep Us Together" to an octogenarian. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, I was looking at the uh, the trivia afterwards and it says here uh timothy dalton later described the movie as a sort of carnival extremely special to do (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh he's a he's he's a trooper it's very Um, there was another thing i saw oh yeah the press kit was issued with a pink cassette tape like the one featured in the movie which included the songs from the movie but the soundtrack's never been commercially released. So, like, four o'clock in the morning, there I am on eBay, just like wondering, I wonder if anyone's ever sold this before. 
because maybe it's like a piece of um, <laughs> cinematic history. You'd have thought that someone would have put that music out there in today's day and age by now. Sure. Um, but if they can't let you watch the film, why would they want you to listen to it? <laughs> true, true. Clearly, but, um, all the press people were like, you know, fuck you, movie. This tape's going in the bin. I'm going to yeah. burn it. You know. Oh, they came together. The critic circle actually formed a circle around a fiery bin. <laughs> and just chucked all their, all their cassette tapes in. Um, Ringo was fun, at least. Ringo Starr pops up a couple of times. He's he's interesting. Oh, yes, but, he does. Yes. Um, oh, also, do you know who uh, turned down the role of Sir Michael Barrington um, that uh, Timothy Dalton played? I don't. Go on. <laughs> Any guesses? It's the most ridiculous name you'll ever think of. Oh, that nice. helps. <laughs> Uh, um, Arnold oh. Schwarzenegger. <gasps> uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, the possibilities. He turned it down. He was offered it. He 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 could smell, you know, was what <laughs> was West. coming, and he ran. <laughs> he was like, I, Hercules in New York was one thing, but this is a step too far. <laughs> the, the, the most, yeah, like the the worst thing about it was Mae West. It was just painful to watch her. Um, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you've, yeah. I mean, it's it, joking aside. It is like a te- it's sort of a terrible idea that was then, you know, sort of. I don't know who was kind of around her and advising her at that time, but you would have hoped that someone would have just said no. Mm. Um, I mean, I assume, you know, she got paid uh, some money. I don't know how much. I'm guessing not a huge amount, but obviously, um, you know, she she probably had expenses and, and this was a way of, you know, <laughs> getting some cash. But, yeah, I don't think, uh, I, you know, one hopes there might have been slightly more... Um, <sighs> <laughs> respectful kind of less humiliating kind of ways of of going about it yeah it's it is kind of sad um but it is a i mean it's an extraordinary document Uh, yeah (laughs) once you've seen it you'll never unsee it Um, also i love how it opens with the whole thing opens as a sort of a news report on uh may west characters getting married again it's a sixth husband and um and the the the, uh, the host of this report is in the bridal suite and they're all just obsessing with this is the this is where it's gonna happen and it's like, what? <laughs> this is where That's Timothy Dolan's gonna bang yeah. Mae West yeah I, yeah, yes. it, yeah. The, the, the news anchor played by Regis Philbin of Regis yeah. and Kathy fame <laughs> um, as himself yeah extraordinary but yeah, but yeah, just the the way Mae West reacts, uh, she she can't react to things. Like there's a the moment where um, she's in, she somehow finds herself in the uh, the gym with a lot of guys, and they're taking pictures as a like publicity shot. Um, and there's a few of them on a trampoline, and this uh, this pink tape that she's recorded her autobiography on. Um, like bounces up through the roof into like a lion's mouth in the wall, and she just goes, oh, and that's that's all she does throughout the film, just this weird oh, and it's like oh, just utterly painful. I was yeah. almost gonna watch it twice as I started it because I was 
I was like two days early before um before we recorded this and I was like maybe I'll watch it again like to refresh myself even more um and I was like no this is this is stuck in my memory forever now You're never I'm never... <laughs> yeah this is this is what's going to wake me up in the middle of the night <laughs> you may try but you won't be able to uh to, to forget it i mean and we haven't even talked about like the, the bizarre scene where suddenly alice cooper in blackface shows up as some sort of hotel employee and <laughs> plays a song that is not an, unlike all the other songs in the in the movie is not uh an, an existing song is an is some sort of original which again has never been uh released in any form presumably by <laughs> demand or possibly just because alice cooper has got good lawyers maybe (laughs) speaking of alice cooper i've just seen this on the trivia um he claimed on numerous occasions that may west sexually propositioned him and each of the movie's other leading men (laughs) oh dear i mean it's may west yeah it's it's not inconceivable Um, yeah I mean, I hope she didn't proposition poor old Walter Pigeon in his last movie ever. <laughs> well, it's her last movie as well. Yeah, well. Yeah. They were going down together. <laughs> well, yeah, in the years to come, you know, you'll watch many movies and few of them will be as bad as Sextet, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say that, that, you know, it's, and I have a fair amount of form in this area because I've watched <laughs> a lot of really terrible stuff and it's definitely in the running for the worst film i've ever seen <laughs> wow yeah and you know and, and you know i've seen a lot of stuff that i would say is is you know extremely bad but it's between that one and years ago when we went to uh, b fest which is like a 24-hour bad movie marathon uh in that they have in, in chicago in january yeah it, it was minus 24 degrees yeah Oof. so obviously that's where you want to go to you know sit in a auditorium <laughs> with fe- fellow uh masochists to watch 24 hours of terrible movies and one of the movies that they showed was called terror of tiny town which is an all small person western oh. no, i'm not falling for this again oh. no, <laughs> no. episode 300 <laughs> It's between that and Sextet. <laughs> now, I have seen Sextet more than once. <laughs> and I've, I've never had the urge or the intestinal fortitude to ever revisit Terror of Tiny Town, and I do not <laughs> tend to. So maybe that's, so maybe it's like the second worst movie I've ever seen. Um, but it's pretty up there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when we're going to be doing an episode on um, Sextet Andrew. We haven't put it in the in the uh, lineup yet, but you you just let me know. Yeah, well, you've seen it, so um, <laughs> you you've done the episode. This is it. <laughs> this is the episode. <laughs> it's a mini can, episode in the episode. I can tell you, I'm categorically not movie mad for it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Are you mad that you have watched it? Oh, I am fuming. <laughs> <laughs> Dave definitely needs to buy you a drink to say sorry when <laughs> we see you. Yeah. <laughs> buy a brewery, I think. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, we, uh, yeah. Thank you, I suppose. <laughs> well, you're welcome. So um, I think we can definitively say uh, Hamilton is better than Sex <laughs> Yes. Um, by some margin. We've done the research now. It's official. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, well, thank you for, you know, putting so many spanners in the works here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh we, we, we live to surf. <laughs> we hope you have a wonderful rest of your life that doesn't involve sextet ever again. <laughs> thank you. I will and, say the same to you both. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go and rewatch Hamilton to cleanse my palate. <laughs> I could understand the, the need to do that, that, yes. That seems, I mean, that's probably a circumstance under which it's kind of ter- perfectly acceptable to just go to Hamilton multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks a lot. Well, hey, Andrew. Andrew Jones. That's my name. Please wear it out. <laughs> Are you mad that you watched Hamilton? An American musical? I'm not mad that I watched Hamilton. Simply known on Disney Plus as Hamilton. Although when we went to see it, it's listed here as Hamilton, the American musical, and the cup I bought. Mm. Yeah. Are not, you uh, are you movie mad that you watched Hamilton? I'm not really movie mad. It's not a movie. I'm event mad for the event. Okay, I'll accept that. Hamilton. Yeah. Johnny. Yes. Are you mad that Lin-Manuel would not stop singing just one song from the ABBA catalogue? One song which doesn't even last three and a half minutes, which means he would have to sing <laughs> upwards. <laughs> Up the calculations, go on. Go on. Of 50 times. <laughs> it felt like so many more times than that. Well, yeah, he was um, also doing his best piece, wasn't impression, so it would. Yeah, and he had the beard going, I... so it's like it's Eurovision, and everyone saying, "I play ah, yeah, yeah, did good, don't go." Whatever that is, saying, "Is that funny?" And fuck that film. That film's fucking <laughs> awful. My brother, who's a big Eurovision fan, agreed. He sat through. I kind of want to watch Eurovision with my sister. Who's a big Eurovision fan? But again, you don't I want to play don't... twist with your sister, though, do you? <laughs> no. Oh, do you know what again, to do that? I... Al Pacino. Al Pacino, though, don't... with your sister. 51 times! Why do you keep bringing that film up? I watched it once what? out of morbid curiosity. I, and well, twice. a second, and then the time, second I guess. time was. Yeah. It's the undead curiosity, um, zombiosity. Yeah. I wouldn't mind watching a Eurovision with my sister because she's a Eurovision fan. But I'm like I said, fan. I don't watch Eurovision. I will never watch Eurovision. So why would That's I watch the really film of Eurovision? Why not with me? Watch an actual show of well, together in the post. I, I, I cannot see myself ever. When you I, try and go like key change, drink. I cannot I drink. I cannot see myself ever sitting down and experiencing Eurovision. I've made that decision. That decision is final until you make me reconsider that decision. Yep. Um, Next May. Another event. As, as for your initial uh, question, uh, I've started off mad, but you can never stay mad at uh, Lin Manuel Miranda for singing SOS. Could you just do an impression of what it might sound like? I could. I, I couldn't do it any justice. Okay, but could you do it like the justice that he deserves to be brought to because of the monstrous nature <laughs> of how he did it? I mean, it's something you've really got to hear for yourself. Well, if I, yeah, okay, so just start clicking play on it again, and he'll come in, obviously, and sit behind <laughs> you. Just put the recording close to him as opposed to close to the sound, and we can then hear him sing. And I'll put the beat down for him if he needs it. 
Do you think he raps SOS? Is that what you're trying to... I, I think he raps everything. Hey, everybody, it's Lim Manuel Miranda. I'm here to say, can I cash the check, please? <laughs> Doesn't have to rhyme. He is good at cashing checks. He's so good. He cashes checks and gets mad respects. <laughs> it's a flex. <laughs> Any other questions you want to ask? Surely. You asked the first part. Are you event mad for the experience that is Hamilton on Disney Plus? I am so event mad, I might have to be institutionalised. That is just how event mad I am. Hamilton. An American music musical. An American music tale. Five mm-hmm. Goes West. Hey, Five All. One, two, three, four, Five All. <laughs> so it's like five. <laughs> where um, where can we find you to celebrate uh, two hundred episodes? I am uh, drumming the depths of the internet on a uh, trash website called Twitter. Mm. It currently exists, and it's like parlour for people who are not so evil, but also kind of shitty. Uh, and I bet Ethan <laughs> runs. This will be funny and relevant in a month's time when Parlour is shut down. <laughs> and Twitter is destroyed and the world is over. This will be the last podcast release, I'm guessing, because uh, probably a nuclear bomb one day, right? That's what 2020 is leading to. Probably. Yeah. What about you, Johnny? Where can we find you? I'm at movie underscore mad on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, are you movie underscore mad? It's on Twitter. Is it? It is indeed. Oh, we should probably post on there then. Probably should. Give you a wave. Um, we're also on Facebook. Are you moving mad? Oh, that'd be cool. You could post on there and, and you know, say hi to us on there. And if you like that, and then put at hotmail.com. So let email. me get this straight. Are you moving mad at hotmail.com? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. Would, yeah. would that be an email? Yes. I knew it. I don't need <laughs> What do you do with the email then? What would you say? Um... Well, we only accept emails that offer um, penis enlargement. Yeah, but not for us. Not for us. No, Nostratu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, how are we going to start the next 100 episodes? What, what, what's next week's episode? What are we, we going to do? Jono, you think this is the last mm-hmm. episode ever? What are you talking well, about? Because no, we've got to do sextet, surely. Yeah, but again, that's not really next week. That's just going to be whenever it ever happens at the end of the world. Oh, and it will happen. Oh, God. It will happen. That's how the world's well, going to end. what if I decide to take legal action out on you instead? Maybe I could hire someone for that instead. I don't know. Hire someone? Yeah. Who would you hire? I don't know, but she's got to have, like, a, a mothering instinct because I'm very needy. She? Yeah. Very neat. <laughs> maybe, maybe it'd be directed by someone whose uh, who's, who's, uh, initials are two of the three letters that Lin Manuel sang to you. <laughs> maybe I don't know. That would be an idea, but probably not because this is the last episode ever. Oh yeah, see you never. What? 
See you in hell. How's that? <laughs> I'll see you on the other side. I'll lead a chorus on the other side. How about that? Oh. I'll talk to you about my favourite Corn album, See You on the Other Side. Featuring songs like uh, For No One, Twisted Transistor, Ten or a Two Way, and of course, Politics. You want to sleep with him to get to where you need to go. You think that's the way to go, don't you? Politics <laughs> by Corn. As sung by Johnny J. Davis. Now, Johnny, you're a J, right? No, no, we're not doing this again. Look, it's been a couple of weeks. You said you were only going to do that during that one episode. I, I did it last week, you didn't notice. I, I <laughs> gladly accepted it. I try to ignore it any time you try. Oh, Jay, you know, you know. But, it. you know, I, 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 never, I never put up any fight when you, when you called me Jay that first week. Yeah, yeah, you did. You put up a lot of fight. In fact, the friction was so high, it burnt my computer. I, I don't... I don't... <laughs> I don't either, but you know. You know, right? You know what? You're right. This is the last episode. If you keep calling me Jay, that's cool, Jay. I'm gonna go rewatch Hamilton. Hey, everybody! It's me. Oh God! There are the happy days. This is so hard to find. I wonder if I rewatch Mamma Mia. This wasn't. I rewatch Mamma Mia. Mother. Does uh, Chris uh, Brosnan turn up and sing a bit of Hamilton? Are You Movie Mad is part of the Podnose Network, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network. Produced and edited by Andrew Jones, executive producer George Grimwood. To find out more about Podnose's network, go to www.podnose.com. Podnose.